Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Throughout history, whenever fighting has become too fierce, Minds have been able to come together and make peace. You can go all the way back to 1283 BC when the Egyptian pharaoh Ramses II introduced the concept of a peace treaty by reaching a compromise with the monarch Hatsuli III after the great battle of Kadesh. There was the Romans and the Persians, the French and the English. There were the cowboys and the Indians, the Americans and the Russians on the brink of nuclear war. They all learn to coexist together. Why can't the Keynes nation? Ali and Frazier, Chamberlain and Russell, Palmer and Nicholas, the Yankees and the Red Sox, the English breakfast and the continental breakfast, white rice and brown rice. On one side in the Keynes nation, you have the present majority. For the sake of discussion tonight, we will call them the brutally negative. They are fans who are yelling and screaming. Their calls for dismissal. They are flying airplanes here in Miami and Thursday night claim to be flying one in Blacksburg as well. They back up their anger and all their hostility with facts that are simply difficult to dismiss. And then on the other side of the spectrum, you have those who I will call the dare to be positive. They are the minority right now. Fans who simply want to enjoy the three months they look forward to each year called the football season. They see a reason to be excited about a young quarterback named Brad Kaya and all of Miami's quality at the skill positions on offense and the way it has all been coming together the past few weeks. They hope that Al Golden will make some moves on defense after the season to give the Hurricanes some hope to improve in 2015. These forces are colliding in dramatic fashion as the Hurricanes prepare to play a high-profile game on national television Thursday night in Blacksburg, Virginia, against an old rival from the long-lost days of the Big East, the Virginia Tech Hokies. Tonight on Kane Sport Live, we will attempt to begin bringing together these opposite forces of the Canes nation by uniting them as one in three hours of Canes talk and debate on a new edition of Kane Sport Live. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to this week's show. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and we once again are getting ready to embark on the fastest three hours in hurricane sports. As always, this is your show, and it'll be driven by your participation. We have 50 open phone lines, so there's plenty of room for everybody to call in. Number is 646-595-2048. That's 646-595-2048. As always, we ask the fans on the message boards at canesport.com to provide some of the topics and questions that they would like to see addressed on tonight's show. Here's what they came up with. With half of the season to go, will Coach D, is Coach D now coaching for his job? Does Al Golden recognize the problems on defense 
And will he really make significant changes on that side of the ball after the season? What makes Al Golden a good CEO that people like myself are constantly crediting him for being that supreme-like CEO presence? Should fans be in the banner-flying business the way they are? Can't everybody just get along? And here is a big question. If the Hurricanes are able to show up big and defeat the Hokies on the road on Thursday night at a place that has simply not been kind to them in recent seasons, would the angry mob consider taking a rest for a few days? Would it lay down its arms? Would it unite once again with the rest of the fan base as one and show up for what is now another noontime home game, this time homecoming against North Carolina in about um, 12 days from now? We will talk about that and so much more tonight on Kane Sport Live. And let's get right out to the phone line, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Hope to hear from everybody tonight. And let's begin in the 305, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing this evening? Hey, how are you, Gary? Shmira 55. Shmira, how are you doing this week? I'm doing all right, doing all right. Well, you know, until Thursday when I'm sure I'll get my hopes up, and by 9.30 I'm probably a little bit uh, not as happy as I am now. But, um, Gary, I just wanted to talk about, you know, I didn't call last week, but just some, some things that were mentioned on the board that I, you know, kind of maybe didn't agree with you with, and maybe you could give me a little bit of a rebuttal on that. Sure. Um, just, you, sometimes you mention how the defense doesn't have many good players, um, you know, I don't necessarily no, wait, agree. With you. Wait, let me cool. Let me let me correct you. Okay. What what I have consistently said is they do not have impact players. And I'm and I'll even okay. include Denzel. I'll even include Denzel Perriman in that because as good as he is at times, he has shrunk uh-huh. in big games throughout his career, including this season. He didn't play well against right. Nebraska. He didn't play well against Georgia Tech. Right. I I, I agree. That's with not you. an impact um, player, right, Robert? Yeah. I, I, he certainly was. I mean, he was looking like he was going to be, but I mean, for and I think you know, a poster the other day, you know, wrote on the message board, and you even commented that was a very good post. He wrote, you know, just about how the evolution of these players—they come into high school as big recruits. I mean, college as big recruits, and they just don't seem to get better. I I think that I mean, these coaches, I don't think are coaching these players on defense to play to where th- their ability is. I mean, if you watched two weeks ago. Sitting in Sun Life Stadium, these kids on defense are that were great players. You know, no ball, you know, no ball presence. As Tracy Howard can't even make a play anymore. Deion Bush, I think, is either equal or worse to where he he was when he got into school. I mean, these kids are showing no improvement. And Denzel Perriman's a, another example. I mean, he he shows all the promise in the world and actually looks like an NFL player and just is really just not showing up uh, from what I could see. So what are you doing? Know. Are you supporting what I'm saying? Uh, you maybe I, 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 I think it just kind of goes back to coaching. <laughs> you said you, you were going to contest what I'm saying. It sounds you know to me like I think you're supporting what I I'm saying. I can I confuse myself a little bit, and it gets back to you know an, another example when you said you know with recruiting how all the impact players on the offensive side of the ball. Well, who's responsible for recruiting these guys on defense? And just to add on to that, in the future we have. You know, our 2015-2016 class, they're all loaded up with offensive players and maybe a few sprinkled in defensive backs. Where is the improvement? Correct. Where is it going to come from? I totally agree. And when you sit back and you analyze what's going on, 
you, you can't come to any other conclusion than what I wrote, um, I guess it was two days ago now, which is yeah. that I don't see how Al Golden can look at this organization of his in any other way at the end of the season and not make sweeping changes on the defensive side of the ball. They're not recruiting well enough. They're not developing players well enough. Um, they're not scheming well enough. They're, they're not okay. excelling in any area on that side of the ball. I think the opposite holds true on offense, even though people are pointing hard at those third down stats. But those third down stats were screwed up at the beginning of the year when, when I believe they went one for 13 in the Louisville game. That's almost impossible to recover from. Right. Well, and I, to another point that we, you know, we've mentioned before, I still agree with you that it was not a fair way to start Brad Kaya's career with that Louisville game. You know, maybe the point is invalid now because it is what it is, but I still agree with you on that. Um, I might as well stir it up now. Um, with When did you know, since you followed this team for so many years, when did you feel that Randy Shannon's tender at Miami was when you just knew that it was going south? When did you feel that that had reached a boiling point? You personally, not the administration to fire him. When did you get that feeling? Just, just when, I was, to... when I was standing in a hotel lobby on the road and mm -hmm. trying to remember which road game it was. God, my mind is escaping me right now. I can't remember which road game it was, but it it was in his last season. It, it was a road game on the road. He had, it was about 8 o'clock in the evening. He had gone out for a run in, in the area with, um, with his security guard. And mm -hmm. One of the, and I'm, I'm not going to mention names because it's not important, but one of the high-profile trustees of the university was in the hotel lobby with a guest that he had with him for that road trip. And he wanted to introduce his guest to the head coach. And phone call was made, and um, Randy was informed that this gentleman was waiting in the lobby to see him and had a guest that he would like for him to meet. And um, he, he was told that Randy was out on the run and would come, back, come by when he was done. And Randy never showed up for that meeting. <laughs> and I know that because I st I've stood there with the guy for about an hour and a half talking to him and his guest. And um, I saw the anger starting to build. And I realized then that combined with the problems that were going on on the field and in the program – that from a public relations standpoint, that Randy was not handling himself in a manner that was going to inspire people in the power structure of the university to give him more time. And sure enough, as the weeks went by and, and stories like that began to circulate, and this gentleman certainly was not the only one, more and more support began to build towards a Randy dismissal. And, you know, I won't go into all the gory details. I was uh -huh. following it for about two and a half, at least two and a half weeks before the South Florida game where he, where he was fired immediately afterwards. And, and I knew even before that South Florida game started that he was going to be fired that afternoon and actually just discussed it on the pregame show um, on WQAM that day. And everybody looked at me like I was crazy. Um, but I had known for a few weeks that Kirby Hocutt, was working on replacing Randy Shannon. And, and that's where the whole John Gruden thing evolved and developed. And, and you know, of course, we know how that, how that went. But um, th there was no question in my mind at that point that Randy Shannon was going to no longer be the coach. 
Okay. Had he done, right. Robert, had he done all the right things off, uh, forget about football for a minute. Had he done all the right things in his personal relations with people, he would okay. have gotten a fifth year without question. In no way, shape, or form um, did Donna Shalala want to fire Randy Shannon. She had to be convinced of it, and I believe she was manipulated into it. But that's right. a whole other that's a whole nother theory that we would need hours to discuss. But that, that's one, you know, getting back to that, and just because I was, you know, familiar with the, a lot of the South Florida kids at the time, he was losing. He opened the doors to Dade County like you've never seen. I have not seen that yet with Al Golden. That's not even close to – Al Golden, I think, has a very good rapport with a lot of the kids down here and has, you know, done all he can. Randy Shannon was really opening the doors down here. He wasn't even recruiting the kids here. I mean I – mean, and and I'll stand by this. He was not. I don't think Randy, even if he would have stayed here, you could probably fight me on this a little bit. I don't think Bridgewater was coming here. They had that set up for him to go to LSU, and then they got the commitment from Medinburg, and they just kind of in the middle. And then when Randy Shannon was fired, that's when Charlie Strong came in from Louisville. I, I, I don't. I don't agree with or, that. I, I Teddy Bridgewater would have been at Miami. I almost came. Almost came to Miami anyway. I mean, he he met he he was one of the first recruits that Al Golden met with. Yeah, yeah, but you know, but you know, if you go back to Devontae Freeman, you could go back to you know, kid from Southridge, Holloman. I mean, there's a lot of kids that Randy never even he didn't started recruit, to recruit. He, he didn't recruit Devontae Freeman. Yeah, I mean, you know, new point now, new, but it is what it is. All right, but Gary, I mean, All right, what else, Robert? Did? What else did I do wrong? Huh? What a, no, so what did I do Gary, wrong? I'm, I'm said, biggest, Gary, I'm your biggest fan. I never, I never, I just like to, you know, I don't, I never really uh, <laughs> get you under the fire. I just sometimes oh, like. Okay. I, thought, I thought you just wanted to contest some things. All right, so do you have, oh, do you have anything? No, else no, it was, it was with the Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, I, I mean, I was, I know that they had something set up with him to go to LSU. You know, one of those, uh, one of those famous deals, and I don't know that kind of fell through. But LSU know, was trying. Well, they were among the schools trying. But I I still believe that had Randy stayed, he would have ended up at Miami. And who even knows if that would have – probably would have ruined the – I'm happy for the kid. At least he's in the NFL doing well now, so it's probably better off when it's all said and done. I mean, Gary, I mean, is this game even – I mean, this is, should be a pretty winnable game. I don't know how this, how, how Miami's a three-point favorite on the road. For that, I'll never know. But, I mean, what, what do you think on Thursday? Three-point favorite because they probably have a little bit more offense than um, – Virginia Tech does, but you can't sleep on on this Virginia Tech team, even though they've struggled from time to time. Like like their defense, for example, and um, I actually just got done taping the countdown, the kickoff show that'll be on the website tomorrow um, with Jason Stam from HokieHaven.com, and we were talking about Virginia Tech, and he filled me in on something that I really wasn't aware of, and and he feels that 85% of the time they've played defense as well as any Virginia Tech team, that their failures this year have come in the other 15%, where they've given up some big plays that are very uncharacteristic of, of a Bud Foster defense. And, um, you know, you just know that he's going to come up with a good game plan for this for this Thursday night. He always does for Miami. And it's going to be a slugfest for four quarters. And um, the key to the game is going to be Miami's ability to stop the run, without question. Virginia Tech, well, you know has their, well they have their big back back. Um, right. And they've made some changes on their offensive line, um, which are believed to be for the reason of trying to run the ball better in this game and they're going to come right at Miami and make them stop them and there's no doubt about it I mean you already know what they're going to do they're going to pound the ball and they're going to show uh, throw short little passes probably over the middle or five seven yards out and probably Tech because that's what they always do 
So they did last. So they got year. a big mismatch with their tight end. Um, he, he's six six and, and um, real real athletic and lanky, and and he gives them a big mismatch with the Miami linebackers, and and I think they're going to look to get the ball to the tight end tight end a little bit tomorrow night. Um, and I'm told that they're – I haven't been able to watch every one of their games, but they have two true freshman receivers that they feel are as good as just about anybody who's played the receiver position at Virginia Tech. So they, they like their personnel. They just feel like they've, they've, they, they've hurt themselves in the ball games that they've lost, and, and that's why they have three losses. Right. But they're very happy right. with the personnel they have up there. I mean, we. I all my just to close it with this, and just you know, I just feel you know, Miami's not even if you consider it as a team, they're not. They don't even have any major injuries. Yes, the offensive linemen, but that's. I mean, mine are considering we're six games into the season right now. We don't even have that many injuries, and the teams we've lost to don't even look as good as they really have been. No one's really a powerhouse. I mean, this team basically is as average as you could get, and that's just basically. I'll leave it at that. I don't know. If, do you agree with that? That I I I. I I agree that it's a very winnable ball game. You know, I, I, I don't, I'm not going to call them average because I'm being told they're not average by people up there. No, I'm uh, talking about Miami. I'm talking about Miami. <laughs> Miami, Miami. Is better than average. You know, the, Miami won't be overmatched in this game. They just got to go win it. Right. No, I'm just saying going. I'm just saying Miami really doesn't have any injuries, and they're still playing average football. And it's really that's what's really unfortunate is that they're, they're not, they don't have the injury bug, they don't have anything like that, and Miami's still losing to teams that they basically should be beating or, you know, I don't know, or not losing in the fourth quarter to. So I, guess I think we'll you got to see how they play. you got to see how they play this game, Robert. Yeah. You know, they, yeah, they've had a, a, very, the a very challenging early season schedule that should prepare them to play better in the second half of the season. That's my opinion. Right. They should play. Be, they should be prepared to play a better level of football in these last five games. So you'll see what happens. You got it, Gary. Right. I'll be in touch. Right, Speak to you soon. Talk to you next week. All right. Thanks Gary. for being. Yep. Thanks for being part of the show. All right. Six four six five nine five two zero four eight six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Let's go out now to the nine one seven. You're now live on Team Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hey, Gary, what's up? BK Hurricane. What's up, BK? How you doing this week? Uh, I'm doing all right, Gary. Um, uh, You know, you posted some real good stuff, you know, this week. I just wanted to say, you know, thanks for, you know, always being that guy. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, you're know, you like the referee, you know? You're like well, the referee. I but give, I wanted I to, to um, guys, you know, I try to give you guys some different viewpoints to look at things with, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I think yeah, in, in I reality, to, think they're never as bad as they seem and they're never as good as they seem, you know? So sometimes it's good to have a yeah, little different I wanted to, you know? Yeah, I wanted to ask you your opinion on something. Um you may have mentioned it in an article but I just kinda you know just want to make sure. Um you know you know like when Golden came in and then the you know the cloud, you know, the the, the quote unquote NCAA cloud, you know, overhead and we said, No, we gotta give him a chance, boom, 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 there was this cloud hanging over his head. But do you think that he came into the job really, you know, not having any kind of background on the possible cloud forming? Because before he was hired, you know, you know, we were talking about this Nevin Shapiro investigation eventually at some point coming down on Miami. Well, the, nobody took it seriously. And are we giving him too much credit? Well, no, I mean, you know, he definitely was blindsided by it. Nobody took it seriously. That's why it wasn't an issue. 
Um, nobody believed that Nevin Shapiro had any credibility or that anything he was saying had a, a lot of substance to it. So um, I, I don't believe that they intentionally, you know, pulled you know pulled a fast one on Al Golden. I really don't. I mean, I know some people think they did. Uh, you know, I don't believe that. Now, when they did right. find out that it was going to be a serious issue, um, I think Sean Eichhorst panicked, and I think that. You know, he he called a quick meeting. It was at the Boston College game that year, and pulled some trustees and Donna Shalala and a few other people into a skybox at Sun Life Stadium. And in about ten minutes, they decided to to extend Al Golden's contract to nine years because they were afraid he was going to leave when he found out about this NCAA um, inquiry. And um, in in retrospect, everybody needed to just relax, you know, soak in the facts see what was going on um and you know things might be a little bit more stable today than they are with you know fans going crazy wanting to fire coaches and five years left on contracts and and you know everything else that's contributing to what i can safely say is a little bit of a circus atmosphere right now around miami football um but i don't think that they intentionally deceived him i really don't okay Another thing, um, you know, just just uh, you know, j- you know, just ask your opinion. You know, every time I see the defense play, I see this Fentress kid out here, right? I know he's a, f- I'm not sure if he's a walk on or a former walk on. And just based off of some of the things you've been saying, I'm getting the impression that he may not be a better football player than the Carters and the Bushes and things of that nature, but I think he has a better grasp of the system. Is that why you think he's starting? Because I'm having a hard time believing he's better than Jamal Carter or even Marcus Guyot for that point. He's not. Athletically, he's not. But but you're absolutely right. That is why he's out there. And, you know, agree with it, disagree with it, call it them throwing kids under the bus. I mean, everyone's going to have different interpretations. But – these coaches fully believe that the reason that they're not achieving on defense is because people aren't doing what they are telling them to do and what their schemes are assigning them to do. And that's why a kid like Fentress, who is a uh, you know, pre-med kid, he's a smart kid, he, he apparently does not make a lot of mental errors, can get on the field ahead of Jamal Carter. And I, and I point blank asked Al Golden about Jamal Carter this week because everybody asks me about him, why isn't Jamal Carter playing more? And, you know, um, Coach Golden didn't like the question so much because he felt like it was a little bit of a negative question. But it is negative that Jamal really? Carter is not making a bigger contribution to this team because of all the physical skills that he has. And um, the answer was basically that, you know, he needs to speed up his process, meaning that, you know, he needs to be able to do what he's supposed to do in the scope of the timing of the play. And um, obviously they're not happy with where he is in that regard, and that's why he's not playing as much. Wow, that's that's unfortunate. Um, do you well, think I think that think most coaches, coaches that they would have? BK, to me, I, I, and, you know, not not to join the party of piling on or whatever, but to me, and it goes right. back to everything that I have said for the past several years, I've been telling you guys, this is not a one-man scapegoat. This is not just Mark D'Onofrio. And to me, if you have defensive backs with that type of ability that don't know what they're supposed to do on Saturday afternoon, um, I'm looking I'm looking at the defensive backs coach. You know, why aren't they ready to play? You know, they, that's unacceptable. 
that that three four system or, or whatever it is that they're running, you, you know, I was watching you know the NFL on on Sunday, and they were specifically talking about the Steelers defense and how difficult and how complex it is, you know. And maybe it's just too much for these kids, you know. I mean, you gotta I look at it. These are the kids, and, and you know, well, why keep coming back year know. after year, running the same system if it's if it's if it's too complicated every year? Because this is That's not the coaches, a you know. Most okay. this is not a 2014 problem. This has been a problem for this yeah. team for the past three, four years. Constant. If mental you had a thing. chance. Yeah, if you had a chance every year in, year out to grab some of the best athletes in South Florida or the state of Florida, wherever, when do you, I mean, at what point do you say, okay, listen, I have some of the best athletes in the, in the country here. Let me build a system around them that, that highlights their attributes. And they're not doing it. They're so stubborn to stick with that system like they, you know, like they're trying to prove something to the world. That the, I don't know what's dark. going on. Like you have to play towards your athletes. That's everyone's argument, BK. You no, know? that's why there's planes flying. That's a, why there's websites. Yeah, man, it's that's it's why it's the talk oh, of the it's bad. You know? I, I, all right, so what else you got? Yeah, what, know all that. What else you got all this right, week? one last thing. One last thing. One last thing. Okay, um. You know, I mean, I have all the faith in the world that Golden is going to make some 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 kind of change, you know, at the end of the year. I think it's more of the fact, I think he's going to do it more because, you know, at what point is him staying at Miami constantly having a losing record affect his ability to eventually get a job somewhere else? Because look at the other coaches that, you know, that failed here, you know, like maybe with the exception of Coker, but. You know, he landed at some spot that didn't have a football team, and he got to build it from the ground up. They're having a hard time finding jobs right now. Yeah. I mean, Randy Shannon's coaching and linebackers. And do you think Golden? Um, yeah. Larry Coker so built, a, built a program from scratch at UT San Antonio. He's doing well, uh, a little bit, you know, well, better now, but, you know, it's been a long yeah, road for him. Yeah, he's a little better. Right, and Golden was a guy. He came in with a lot of accolades, from what I remember. You know, at what point is is him saying, "Listen, I better make a change because if I don't win anything at Miami, I'll never get a head coaching job ever again." Well, I think you were there in in December and January when he went so hard after the Penn State job. Yeah, he almost I left. Think, I mean, I think well, were, yeah, I think he wanted to been, leave. They just didn't choose him. Right, you've already been there, exactly. This is not oh, a guy. Man, I'm, I'm just. I mean, this, this is a smart man, okay? And he's a businessman. He's a businessman first, a football coach second. And he understands everything that you understand. Trust me, he understands. Right. I know everybody's so adamant that this is this isn't just Mark D'Onofrio's defense. This is his defense. Now, if he was to change his entire defensive staff. What kind of leeway will he be willing to give a defensive coordinator coming in wanting to run their own scheme? No, nobody knows that. Like, if you he think he'll the, be stubborn he enough to say, the, you got to make my scheme work? He can't bring in a new defensive coordinator if he doesn't turn over the reins of the defense to that man. I mean, you can't. That's It's a waste of time. So, but, you know, bringing somebody else in is going to be an acknowledgement that what we've been doing for the last four years has not been working, and now it's time to try something different. And – Everybody out right. there feels obviously very strongly that that's what needs to take place. 
he is going to have to come to that realization himself and be willing to make that move. If he's not, all bets are off. I don't believe he would be fired this year, but I believe he would probably be going into his last season next year because I would not expect it to be any better. I'm kind of hoping that he doesn't get fired this year because I'm trying to keep that class together. I mean, you know, what we have on offense in that class, I would hate for him to get fired and we lose at least a couple of those guys. Well, you'll see what happens. Just make it work. Yeah, let's make it work, get in a new defensive coordinator, and let's let's go forward. Let's push forward. Well, Gary, that's it. Thanks a lot. You're great. All right, cool. Talk to you next week. Keep me on hold. Okay. All right, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Let's go out now to the 240, where you're now mm-hmm. live on King Sport Live. How you doing this week? I'm good, Gary. This is a D-Black 21. Hey, what's up, D-Black? All our regulars are getting in early this week. Yeah, you know, we're <laughs> calling up early. Um, A couple things I'm going to start off with. Last week, the caller who called in, I don't remember his name, but he said he personally knew Storm Johnson and Chantrell Henderson. Yeah, and, he uh, called it. When he, yeah, when he made and he made the comment that when Al first got there, he made that comment about this not being the Miami way. The Miami way is is gone now. Now, if that if that's true, I'm, I don't believe that. that. No, nah, I'm just I'm just, I'm not saying I believe it. I'm not I'm not saying it's not true. You know, say because I'm not there. It it it, it very well can be true. If, if you think about it, just look at the actions as far as the defense. You know, it could be true, but I was just wondering. No, not one. I just wanted to make a statement on that. If it is true, then it's not cool. It, not, it's not, not cool. And, 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 and it goes to what the other caller was saying, like the hurricane walk, that's great. That's, that was, that's a good thing. But that's not Miami's tradition. You know, you're you're, and if it's true, like you're taking away what made the program what it is. I mean, but I just want—I I think people to, are reaching that, a little bit, in all honesty. I mean, okay, now about Denzel, I believe Denzel's an impact player, and I say that because an impact player also de- uh, determines on what scheme he's in. And let's say, like Nebraska, we was running, a, we was running three man front most of the time. We was running a four man line. And the no, and the center was uncovered. When the center's uncovered, his responsibility is to go up to the Mike backer, and that's what was happening with Denzel in that game. Not to not to mention he was like twenty yards off the ball. But sometimes the schemes help make impact play, impact players. And if and if we're not and if he's not in a scheme friendly uh, defense, then some games he's going to be missing. But when he gets to the NFL. Trust me, he's going to show that he's an impact player like a lot of our players are showing once they get to the NFL. And a lot of that has to do with coaching. You know, I'm hearing more than likely third round now. You know, his stock has dropped a little bit this year. But um, but he's going to get drafted, and, and he'll be drafted yeah, pretty high. And, it, and he'll get a great chance. And, you know, and you know what? And you know another thing, but – that just irks me. Like, it, 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 it used to be a point where I used to, you know, enjoy listening to Al Gonis, you know, his, when he talk after, after practice and, and things of that nature. Now, Gary, when you have his stuff posted, I don't even listen to him no more. 
because it's it's the same thing. He's going to say the same thing. It's on me. It's on me. I got I got to get it right. We got to get it fixed. We got to coach it up. You've been saying this for the past three or four years. How long is it going to take you to get it fixed? And if you're the D coordinator, you you should be you should be communicating with your other defensive staff, your your cornerbacks coach, your DB coach. You should be getting in his ear like, why why aren't you teaching him this? Why aren't you teaching him that? And as the head coach, the CEO of it all should be getting on everybody. But you've been saying this, you've been saying the same stuff for the past three four years, and nothing's changed. And I know this is not a three four year thing. I know you know. The state of Miami, our our team has been, you know, not so well for the past ten years. We understand that. We do understand that. But right now we we're in the here and now. He's got he has the job for the past three, four years and nothing's changed. Nothing has changed. And he's throwing players under the bus. Like come on, man. No, he's, great not. Coach with the... he's not throwing oh, he... players under the bus. Not no he's not. Hold, hold on, hold on, he threw Duke under the bus in the Nebraska. He didn't say Duke name, but he threw Duke under the bus, just like the just like the athletic director did when you had him on, or what? Yeah, the Duke fumble. Like really? The athletic see that's not fair either because the athletic director what he said was that Duke who never fumbles happened to fumble and it was a big turning point in the game, which it was. I mean, you know, that's but, but, but not you know throwing, what? That's hold not on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Under the bus. Hold on, hold on, Gary. Hold on. The best player on the team. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Gary. Look, you you're a journalist. I'm a football player. You're a journalist. I'm, I'm an ex football player. Yeah, he fumbled, but talk about the defense. He started making an excuse for the defense. It wasn't Duke's fumble. It's because Duke fumbled. Yeah, that was, that, that was a, a turning point in the game. But let's 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 call a spade a spade. That defense is what. Lost the Nebraska game, no and the failure and the failure to make adjustments. What lost no the Nebraska game? Totally agree. And, huh? I totally agree with you. Yeah, it lost the Nebraska game, and, and it lost the Georgia Tech game. Georgia Tech lost two games prior after us. Duke and yet, beat them, and North, and North Carolina beat them. And Duke's fumbles were. It was a significant play, no question about it. But those things are going to happen during the course of a football game. You're oh, going to have momentum things. Everything is not going perfect in a football game. They lost Gary, to Nebraska, and they lost to Georgia Tech because they could not stop the running game. No doubt about Gary, it. Trust me. I Trust me. Playing the position, run back, I know. You're going, you're going, if you carry the ball enough and you play the game long enough, you're going to have a fumble. Things aren't going to always go your way. But, right. you know – it, to me, it was like you you were constantly like like you know blaming the offense because we you know we can't get off the field, we can't convert on third right. downs, we can't Mike convert on the, the offense a little too much. But I don't agree that he can't throwing players under the bus. That's not true. That's not fair. It's, it is fair, Gary. He's the one saying it. Right, well, we'll disagree on that one. He he. Uh, he's not talking about the defense bad. He's not talking about the. He's not. He's not as critical on the defense as he as he is on the offense. That's all I'm I saying. Agree. I agree with you. That's 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 it, that's fair. That's that. That's yeah, that. Okay. I, I, uh, we, okay. We we uh, we leave that that we that's fair. <laughs> we leave we leave it on that. That's fair. But um, I don't know. It's one more thing. It's it's recruiting. Like we just lost the linebacker recruit from uh from the junior college. 
Yeah, from junior college in Kansas. That's a big what loss. Are we gonna, what, 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 Gary, I'm asking you. I'm, I'm asking you because I don't live in South Florida no more, so you're my eyes and my ears and everything. What are we going to do, Gary? Don't for know. 2015. What are we don't going know, to right. do? Don't, I, I can't answer that right now. Do not have the answer right now. Just, just but, just, but just remember one thing: recruiting starts anew in December. Okay. Yes, we're in this day and age when recruiting is a year-round process, but the nitty-gritty will begin all over again in December. That's so true. There's, but there's time. There's there's plenty of time to go out and 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 have a successful recruiting year. But losing Claude George was a big loss. That was a kid that was going to, without question, be a rotation guy next year and possibly a starter. True, but Probably do you, do you think... Probably would a leader in spring practice to replace Denzel in the middle. Okay, do you, but do you think giving up a trillion yards on defense every week is going to help or hurt recruiting? <laughs> not going to help. Definitely not going to help. Exactly. <laughs> that's, 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 why my point. George, that's why you lost George. Exactly. You know that's that's my point. You know that's that's. It's gotta see what happens. You know. Yeah, I mean, you know, gotta see how this all plays out. All right, so one one more question, Gary. Are there going to be new coaches? If there's new coaches, they bring new connections, all new recruiting territory. The whole and there's so much. There's so much that can change here in the next you know month and a half to two months. That you just gotta let it play out. Okay, one yeah. more question, then one more question, and you could just put me on hold. On a scale of one to ten, on a scale of one to ten, ten being the highest, do you think Al is going to make changes next year, starting with the D coordinator? And 50. you can answer that and, and put me on hold. I'm gonna give, I'm gonna put a five on it because I think it's fifty-fifty at best. I, I think he obviously, I obviously think he needs to do that. I think it's the last thing that he wants to do. So. How those forces will work themselves out when the time comes, um, I don't know. Last year he talked himself out of it. I would not be shocked if he talked himself out of it again. And yes, I understand what that means. <laughs> but but you know, I'm being honest, I think it's fifty fifty. All right. So being a biz- hold on, hold on, hold on. So being a businessman, so being a businessman, to me, that wouldn't be making a good business decision. Uh, no, it would not. But it does. <laughs> All right. <laughs> But he does have a buyout. He does still have five years on his contract. So that is you know, true. He's going to be fine either way. You're not going to be I, fine. Exactly. Everybody else out there is, might not be fine. He'll be fine either way. His 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 family won't be looking for the you know where their next meal is coming from. So exactly. All right, Gary. I see you talk right, to you next hey, week. Great talk me, to you, again. you got it. Put me on hold. Talk to you next week. All right, six four six five nine five two zero four eight six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Go to the seven fifty seven where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hey, what's up? It's Kane Kane one, Gary. What's happening, baby? What's up, Kane Kane? How you doing this week? Hey, I'm doing fine, buddy. You know I don't have too much to say. Just waiting for this game on Thursday. Hopefully everything will pan out like you said before. Tech could be tricky. Hopefully not. It would be nice to get a win. It'll be nice to win out so Golden won't have to keep getting hit in the head like he is. And I'm one of them, you know, that says, you know, it's about that time that he got to rock the boat. You know, either let your boy go, let your homie go, or you need to go with your homie since they joint together. Like you said, you know, that both of them, it's their defense together. So I'm like, you know, if you start from the bottom and bring a new person in, like you said, he's going to have to turn it over to the new person. But 
if him and a new defensive coordinator going to even get along, you know. What do you but think you know what? That? I think that would be the best thing for him, Kane Kane. I really do, man. I, I think if if Al Golden goes and gets himself a big-time defensive coordinator, reshapes his staff with some fresh ideas, some better recruiters, and then sits there and functions as the CEO of Miami football, the head coach, I think he could be hugely successful. He could be a big success at Miami. He just has to will himself to do what he needs to do to, to, to be successful. And I'm not convinced that he understands what it takes to, to, to win at this level and how good you have to be in in all these areas. Well, there's one thing I can say about you. you neutral with all the coaches that's been there. You don't have no hate for Coca, Shannon, or your boy. So there's no animosity with you. I don't have no None. hate either, but I guess you're right. He, he has to change something. But if, if those don't want to change something, something going to have to be done. Now, let me ask you this. What about if we were to lose four out of these last six? Would it be more pressure to let him go, or would it be more pressure just to go? I know the buyout is heavy, supposedly, but what do you I, think? I'm just saying you know, we lost four out of the last six. Obviously there would be, but I, I don't think, you know, to go there with these hypothetical doom and gloom scenarios is really a waste mm-hmm. of all of our time. I mean, right. you know, why sit here and say if the world falls apart, what would happen? You know, I mean, come on. I mean, hey, you know, right. take it week it, by it week. It happen, but you're right. You're right. And then come back, and, you know, we're here every Tuesday, come back, and let's talk about reality, you know, not like, oh, what if the, the roof caves in, what what's what are they going to do? I mean, come on. Well, you're you right, but I give you reality. You can go ahead and slip up and they lose this one here. We're 0-4 in a row. That's reality. If we lose yeah, Thursday night 0-4, that's terrible. And you mm-hmm. know it. And everybody oh, as a Kane fan is going, man, you It'd be just very never. bad on next Tuesday. But I'm just hoping we play good. They can win. We know the offense is going to bring it. But Virginia Tech defense is going to bring it, too, because they know Kaya doesn't run the ball. He's very – he'll run very little. So, you know, Bud Foster, he takes chances. I'm going to throw blitzes at this young boy because if we can constantly hit him and rattle him, we got a great chance of stopping all them deep balls. But if they don't, Kaya's going to light them up, and that's what we're hoping for. And all about right. that flying the plane – over there in Virginia Tech, you can fly in Miami, but why would you want to fly there? You didn't do I that to Randy. I don't get that. It's don't $1, do it to him. Man, geez, I wish to, I'll tell you what. If you guys, you know, change your mind, just send us the check, and we'll we'll find someplace. <laughs> we'll throw a big party on Friday night before the FSU game or something with that money. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's, crazy. that's true. That's a crazy but thing the, to spend eight hundred dollars. I don't know. Oh yeah, right, yeah. Hey, and the last thing, the last thing I gotta say, I don't want to hold because I know you got people. I still think it's the coaches that bring the best out of players. Even when I talk to high school coaches, I say, well, man, you know, everybody say, man, the defense is garbage. They're like, Kim, sometimes some coaches got to put that fire on it, like Bud Foster. They don't have the best talent, but, man, that defense, they get whacked sometimes. But on average, they play. They play their heart out. It's like our defense just, like, hanging around. You know, I don't know if it's the coordinator. I don't know what it is, but i tell you one thing. It's time to play hurricane football. And let's make this thing happen. Keep it on hold. See you next Tuesday, guys. One love. And, hey, thanks for calling and being part of the show, Kane Kane. All right, 646-595-2048. Now we're out to the 678, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Good evening, Gary. This is Uki08 from the board. Uh, hey, what's up, Uki? You've been uh, a popular poster this week, haven't you? Yeah, man. And I, you know what? I just want to – I want to. 
apologize and clear up some things about one of the posts yeah. that I made. You know, and, uh, yeah, you may have I wasn't calling. Uh, I, I wasn't calling people who supported Al Get Golden racist. I wasn't calling you a racist. But what I what my point <laughs> is, huh? I'm glad to hear that my, because I'm not. <laughs> I know my my point my point of the whole thing was this this clearly a double standard about of 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 the way Golden is being treated and the way Randy was handled when he was here. And what I mean is why, accountability. Why do you say that? I, I think Al Golden. Uh, and hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me let me just finish. And I'm talking about accountability. I see a lot of people who are, and I'm not talking about you, Gary, when I say this, who don't want to put the problems of this program on Golden. They want to say it's his defensive coach, his assistant coaches or whatever. But these are the guys he clearly came in. These are the guys he went to the AD or whoever he had to go to and say, hey, these are the guys I need to win. Now all of a sudden he needs to make changes, which he should have made last year. So now all of a sudden, you're saying, okay, he makes the changes this year. Your recruiting class on defense still looks like garbage. Um, you lost one of your best players in recruiting already that you had just mentioned to the previous caller. And now all of a sudden you think he's, the university is not known for spending money on assistants or head coaches. Now all of a sudden we're talking about he's going to go out here and, and hire the super friends. I'm not buying it. The university said when they fired Randy Shannon, that they didn't like what was going on on the field. You mentioned he was fired because of his public relations. So now I'm going more so w- with you, that Golden is a PR hire, not because of what's going on on the field. Because let's, let's call a spade a spade, man. If it was about winning, Kirby Holcutt came out clearly and said, money's not an issue for the program, ACC and national championships. That doesn't look like the case to me. Looks like we're just trying to get by and hope and just hope that Golden can make a miracle happen. Everybody wants to try to everybody wants to try to compare Golden to Butch Davis and all this crap like this. Man, Butch Davis and Golden have nothing in common other than they both went through an NCAA investigation to, at the, around their time here. But there's nothing about Golden that says he's Butch Davis. And my what my whole point is this, man. If you're going to hold one person to a certain standard, why not hold the next person to the same standard? Everything that went, everything that went on in Randy's tenure, when from uh, developing players to losing recruits, Randy caught hell for that. Randy caught hell for that. Players, he only had one incident really off the field, and that was with Robert Mars. You look at Golden's tenure since he's been here; he's had several off the field. Uh, uh, incidents. Not a, and people don't want to put that on Golden. People are saying that's the players. But I guarantee you if that happened in Randy's picture, people would have been saying, oh, that's Randy not being able to control his team. And that's and that's a fact. But my whole thing is this. I think Golden should be fired, but I don't see how this thing is going to get better in, either. Next year, you lose two of your best players on defense, and the crazy thing about it, those two guys aren't really even that much of an impact. Anthony Chicolo and Denzel Perriman. Like you said, Denzel Perriman hasn't showed up in any big games. So you know how scary that's going to be next year? You know how scary that's going to be next year, especially if they don't go out and bring somebody in here that can actually make an impact in recruiting? Because uh, obviously Muschamp is going to be gone at the end of the year. 
And there's going to be a university out there that with deep pockets that is going to raid that staff, including Muschamp. So I hope Miami does have a plan because it's, you know what I'm saying, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting how this offseason goes, goes about. And I ho- hope that we can finish strong, too, to try to reel in some other recruits because if we don't, it's going to get ugly before it gets better. And that's all I have to say. You know, you're not wrong because not only are you losing those guys on defense, but you're going to lose Duke Johnson. You're going to lose Eric Flowers. You're going to lose Feliciano. You're going to lose McDermott. You're losing some key guys on offense too now. They're going to have to be replaced. And yeah, uh, that's, You know, to me, I mean, I, if, if your talent isn't off the charts, and, and I'll agree with that, whoever wants to make the argument that right now, the talent is still somewhat challenged in a lot of areas on this team. You have to make up for it with elite level coaching. And, and that's a large part of the reason why I also feel that Al Golden needs to make um, changes on defense next year, because he, he cannot be sitting in that 2015 season without elite level coaching taking place on that side of the ball, because um, otherwise it's going to be a, a really long season and he's going to get fired anyway. And and he can't and he really can't take. A, I know everybody's pointing to 2016, but he can't take a loss in recruiting this year on on both sides, or either offense or defense. But let's let's face it, there are other programs that're gonna they're not waiting for 2016. They're getting better. They're getting the players that they need. Miami needs to start getting the players that they need. People keep talking about oh well, recruiting is not a marathon. It's, it's I mean, it's not a um, sprint, it's a marathon. But at the end of the day, we hear that every single year, and we still come out medical on recruiting. We get a few star players here and there on the, on the defense, and offensively we do pretty well. But it's time for the next year to stop, stop to stop. If you're calling Golden a guru at recruiting, it's time that we see it. Because, I mean, if you're such a guru, Ice Harris doesn't need to be on his staff. You don't need Ice Harris no, to help that, you go no, out. That's not true. The head coach, all the head coach can do is close. It's the guys like Ice Harris that have to, and James Coley that have to go out and do the legwork and get the recruits. The head coach, but, you know, he, he just has the last conversation at the end of the day. But, I mean. I get what you're saying, Gary. But he was brought here He was brought here to help with recruiting. He was brought here what? to help with recruiting. Well, he and, was brought and, here and to help. He is. I mean, he, he's brought in a lot of good players. But, you know, they need more, and, and they need more impact players. All right, you got but anything else he, this week? Uh, that, that's it. Just put me on hold, man. All right, man. Hey, thanks for being part of the show. We'll talk to you again hopefully next week. All right, 646-595-2048. Let's go out now to the 905. Hey, Gil, what's going on, man? Who's this? Oh, this is Antoine from Jacksonville. How you doing, man? Hey, what's up, Antoine? How are you doing this week? Yeah, man, um, I've been listening to all the calls, man, and um, I'm um, I'm listening, listening to what they're saying. And you're right about the fact that we don't have um, elite-level coaching and we need elite-level coaching because these teams that are beating us, Gary, these teams, uh, other than Florida State and Clemson, all these teams have not recruited on the same level that we have. Um, the rivals, you know, rivals is not the end-all, be-all. Uh, when it comes to recruiting rankings, but I'm looking at these not, recruiting it's rankings not. from. Why not? Yeah, it, of it's course, not it's the end all to be all. No, no, man. You know they miss on all kind of stuff. Two stars go. Everybody does, of course. 
Hey, NFL man. pro scouts miss all the time. I, it's an, I, I, it's I know it. And, and, and these guys that these guys that rivals most of them they they was you know just mail delivery guys and all that stuff. So they ain't even they ain't even play football. They don't know nothing about football. So they, they, they miss on a lot of players. Okay, I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell rivals, but I'm just gonna. Come on. Yeah, How are we losing the Duke? All right, man. We losing the Duke. We losing the Georgia Tech. We losing to Louisville. All these teams have recruited in the 40s and 50s for the last three or four years, while Miami is like average class is like 15. Now we we had and this is even during the cloud. This is during the the Al Golden cloud. I mean uh, the the Never Spiro cloud. How is it? that these teams are beating us with players that we wouldn't even offer a scholarship. They're beating us because they have better coaches. And when I look at when I look at these when I look at our, our Louisville is the perfect example. Now Louisville doesn't have any guy that we really went out the heart, maybe one or two guys. Every, every one of those guys are guys that wouldn't even get a scholarship off at Miami. Now how is Louisville rated the number one defense in the country? And we got guys like Denzel Perryman, Deion Bush, Jamal Carter, all Anthony Chicolo, all these guys had offers to go to almost any school in the country. They come here and they look good their freshman year and they look different the rest of their career. And you're like, Well, where's the aggression that they showed? Deion Bush hurt his shoulder about three times as a true freshman. Remember that? Remember how he got knocked himself out the field because he kept hitting people in the head coming down and yep. talk? Remember that? Yep. Okay. So where is that Dion Bush today? Now, this Deion, the same Dion Bush, when he get in a, a position to tackle a guy, he misses the tackle. He whips the tackle and the guy gets 20 yards. I'm, I'm, what happens to the guys who are, we know are studs? And we know, you know, you know what's going to be the biggest indictment on Al Golden in a few years, Gary? When the players that are on this team as juniors, seniors, and sophomores right now are in the NFL playing for NFL teams. And it's not easy to play in the NFL, Gary. You know it's not easy to make one of those squads. These guys who supposedly can't play and aren't impact players are going to be playing in the NFL. Now, what the NFL scout told me the other day that every senior on this team is going to be in a camp next summer. And that, that, that's scary to me, Gary. It's scared of me because you know we keep saying we need better talent. We need impact players. Well, Gary, this is the question. Now, we're losing the teams that have inferior talent, and we want to get back to being the Miami of old, compete with the FSUs, the Alabamas, the big-time schools of, in this country. What happens when we play one of those, even if we recruit uh, lights out, balls to the wall for the next three years? And we get in a big-time game in one of these schools where Al Golden is his staff as our head coach. We recruit studs everywhere. When we get in a big-time game with one of these schools where other they've recruited just as good as we have or maybe a little bit better, how do we beat those teams if their coach is better than our coach and tips the scales in their favor? You're not beating them. <laughs> I mean, the it, proof is in the pudding. You're not winning any any of the games. And you're not even competitive in any of the games. That's the point. We're getting beat every – we're not getting beat by touchdowns. We're getting beat by double digits by teams like Georgia Tech who can't – I'm looking at the game and that, I'm watching them play and I'm like, how do these guys beat us? These he needed guys, to make changes at the end of last year. He didn't do it. He made a mistake. I wrote about it Monday. 
Now he needs to make changes again, and he's got to find the inner strength to do it, or he's gonna he's gonna be done. He's gonna have failed as the head coach of Miami. You're right. Now I, we play this three four defense, and I don't know if it's the three four defense in itself. I don't think it's the defense that we play because it's a very successful defense at the NFL and the college levels. I watch Stanford play it. I watch um, the Forty ers play it. I watch the Seahawks play it. You know what I see? You know, the difference is how we play it and how they play it. They're aggressive. They attack the line of scrimmage. They will if they, if they get in a situation where they know the offense is going to run. They may blitz. They may call a, a, a zero blitz. We won't do that. I, I was reading the article in the Herald the other day. It said, "I don't think it's the defense that he calls. I think it's his philosophy." It said that they would rather a team get five yards seven yards, four yards, and walk down the field rather than give up one big play. Now, there's a problem, in it, and I think it manifests itself at the end of games for our, for our team. If you get a team and your defense is on the field and they're, they're, they're slowly cutting us, they're getting slow five yards, they're, they're slowing us all the way down the field, and they may get a field goal and they may get a touchdown. But if they're slowing you, they're going slow, they're all the way down the field the whole game. What happens in the fourth quarter when your defense has been on the field all these plays. I don't care if, we, if you if you go in there and you get a three and out one play and you give up a seventy yard touchdown the next play. Your defense in the fourth quarter is not going to be as tired as if they got paper cut to death the whole game. In the fourth quarters of these games, Gary, we're getting our defenses folding because they're on the field the whole game because of Denafrio's philosophy of yards don't matter. When I saw him say yards don't matter. That was all I need to see. Yards don't matter is a problem. That's a problem. That's a big problem. Because if you if you get a team to go three and out three times, but you give up one seventy yard touchdown, okay, you only give up seven seven points. But the defense is not on the field the whole the whole time. When your defense stays on the field the whole game in the third and fourth quarters when everybody in the country I'm watching them put their four fingers up when Miami used to do it by themselves. They're still fresher than our team because our defense been on the field the whole game. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong at all. It's the it's the philosophy, and I I ain't gonna hold you up here. Just put me on hold, man. I just wanted I just wanted to get that out of somebody. You wanted to get that off your chest, right? (laughs) Yeah, man. I don't think it's the defensive. I don't think it's the defense that we play. I think it's the philosophy, the passive and not aggressive philosophy. And one more thing before I go. not the alignment; it's what's being done out of the alignment, is what yeah, you're saying. And, and, and your opinion matches with the opinion of a lot of real smart football people. And the the thing that I hear over and over again is that it's too complex. What they're trying to do is too complex for college football players that are at the level that these kids are at, and and that's why they keep failing. And you know, maybe people are right, maybe people are wrong. I think it goes so deep. I think there's so many problems. That's why I think Al Golden has to start from scratch in December. We'll see what he does. Looks, All right, hey, listen, thanks for being part of the show. Give us a call again next week. Go ahead, man. Keep it hold. Keep it hold. Keep it hold. You got, you, you, you got it. All right, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Let's go now to the 305. You're now live on King Sport Live. What's up, Gary? Johnny O from Bird Road. What's up, Johnny O? How are things over on Bird Road tonight? Man, everything is cool, man. Um, you know, I was looking at the messages on Facebook, and everybody split fifty-fifty. Half the people are saying that the 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 the, 
the fly banner guys and everybody against the golden and the staff and the team are a bunch of idiots and you know and half people are fed up they literally split 50 50 that's what i said at the beginning of the show you have a divided Kings nation and and you know oh man it's just it's just so easier to side with you know with you know, the people that say, chill out, wait, let them, you know, keep bold and this and that. It's like them being okay with mediocrity. You know, well, why Why wait? I, I mean, three or four case. losses I, every I, year I, does I, not bother them? I think some people are willing to give him a little more time. You know, they're willing to give him another season, but they, they're looking for changes to be made on the defensive side of the ball. I, I don't think that yeah. it's as, as as polar opposite as as maybe you're presenting it. You know, I I just think there's some people that are willing to give him that fifth year to to solve his problems. That's all. Uh, I can understand because of the past that, that we've had, but uh, you know what? It just upsets me that that the losses are not affecting people as much as they should. Oh, they're you know, affecting. I was, I was, have you ever? You know, have I, you ever? I don't know that I've ever seen a more upset fan base than exists right now. Yeah. Do you remember? I mean, how long have you been a fan? The, no, yeah, Earth. I mean I'm 41, so I yeah, grew I up covered, in the 80s. I've been covering this team since, 19, since the 1970s, okay? And I can't remember a more upset fan base than what's sitting yeah. here right now. No, I, I grew up with Miami not only winning but winning with style. And if we didn't well, win with style, we would get upset. I wouldn't worry too much about style right now. Right now, I would worry <laughs> about just winning. But, but that's win how we grew up. That's how the Miami that we grew up with. Yeah, I understand, you know? but those but those days aren't here right now, and you got to be realistic. I mean, right now, my advice would be worry about winning. Don't worry about style. All right, so so what are you saying, that the, that the Day County players uh, don't have what it takes to 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 win with style? Oh, I'm, no, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying right now the program is not at a place where anybody should be worrying about style. But when was the last time that it was at a place that – we could expect style, swag, winning. Eleven years ago. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it, whether it's ago. this coach, that coach, the other coach, or this coach, is too much. Well, they, it was let go, and now it, it, there's the there's desperation to get it back, but you don't have it back right now. So all right, so listen. All right, what about this hundred hundred million dollars that I just read on Facebook that you went just uh, you know throughout the years? Now we have in we have. So, you know, I've grown to to a hundred million dollars contribution. Yeah, they're doing the, they're What's doing a great that? job. They they built the Schwartz Center. They they've got a new dining facility now for the athletes. That's that's great. They redid the practice fields. Um, I think the next step is going to be um, ice tubs, um, permanent ice tubs out by the football practice fields. And then when they're done with that, I think they're going to move on to an indoor practice facility. So they're finally reinvesting in the program which is something they've needed to do for years. Give them credit for that. They, they've recognized it. Blake James in particular recognizes that. They're reinvesting in the program. Hmm. Okay. So we are not worthy to, to, to be the coach, the university that pays most for all the coaches? Because we well, I, you don't just pay. Like I don't know what what you like. What, can I ask? Well, you the people you, are not coming. The you, best coaches are not. People are not coming because they're not paying enough. Hey, do you, you start do you, saying we're paying ten million dollars a year? No, what do you do? All for the a living, people John? that are not coming, I bet you they'll come. 
Johnny O, what do you do for a living? Uh, self-employed. Okay. Um, so, well, you have your own business, so you're not a good example. But anybody that works for anybody, yeah. oh, yeah. I mean, you don't just automatically make top dollar just because you're there. I mean, you have to earn it. You have to be worth it. And so, I don't, I don't think so, it's as simple as saying, oh, the University of Miami has to pay five million dollars for a head coach to win. No, pay but $5 I'm talking about how are we going to attract hire this Ganeo that's worth five million dollars? You know, you how are we going to attract Chucky, Bill Cowher? Herm Edwards, so You're many people that still anyway. have the 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 youth to coach, but we're not we're not attracted. Look, we're paying ten million, twelve million per you know come. They're not coming because we're not paying nothing. You're not attracting those guys anyway. And the one time that that, that Kirby Hoka tried to do it, and he went out and he raised the money to, that that he felt would make it happen, he he got burned by one of those high profile guys. So. You know, it's not so, so easy to hire these guys. <laughs> so, so leave the best coaches, people, coaches well, out there because you're not leaving them. They have to want to come to where you're, to where you are. But they're gonna go where the money is. Play relationship, Johnny O. They're gonna go where the money is. We I already mean, have the fine university, and and a legacy football history. Now, what's Johnny missing? O. The money. Johnny O, if you walk into Blake James's office tomorrow say, Blake, I'm going to donate the extra $5 million a year that you need exactly. to go steal, that you need to go steal Nick Saban from Alabama. Okay, okay, great, Johnny O. Thank you, man. We really appreciate that. Blake James picks up the phone, calls Nick Saban's agent. What makes you think that Nick Saban's leaving Alabama and coming to Miami just because Blake James can write the same check? It doesn't work that way. Okay, so it's not no, just but, about but who money. cares about Nick Saban? He's already he's already getting paid top dollar. My my point is, if you're talking about the top two or three coaches in college football, they're all already being paid. They're all already making big money. They, they don't necessarily want to drop where they are and come to Miami. It's it's not that easy. Anyway, Johnny O, you got anything else tonight? Uh, yeah, but uh, you know, I I just want to talk about this for another thirty seconds because I'm just not satisfied with they're not interested. You know, these people are working for ESPN and getting paid how much? Who? Chucky, Herm Edwards, whoever else is out there is available. He could have he could have done that, you know, back when Al Golden was hired if he wanted that job. It was how much is ESPN paying these guys? Two million a year? We're gonna give him ten. I mean, I forget how much he's making, but he's he's making good money, and he doesn't want to come be the coach in Miami. That guy can go back to the NFL and ten million dollars. Yeah, but he's going to the NFL now, now, you think that, that we won't win with Herm Edwards or Chucky as our coach? Come on now. All right, Johnny. We need you're, a not, coaching. you're not listening. You, you, you're naming you names. Know, I don't know, crazy. but you're just not listening. You're not listening. Just because you're naming their name, Johnny O, does not mean they want to come be the head coach hey, of They're Miami. the best guys right, out hey, there, and we up. need Anything them else? here. Johnny O, we got to change the subject. Anything else? Uh, no, that's it, man. All right, man. I hope you understand. Yeah, I mean it's it's not that easy. All right. So, um, but give us a call it. next week. We'll you know we'll see how things go. Thanks for being part of the show. All right. All right. No problem. Bye. All right, man. All right. Six four six five nine five two zero four eight. It's the number, man. Wouldn't it be great if you could just pick any coach out there in football and say, yeah, I want that guy, and you and you just go and you you pick up the phone. Hey, you're coming to Miami. They're your head coach. A couple hours later, if only that were. Um, reality, it would be a, a beautiful world that Blake James would live in. Let's go out to the 850, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live.
Are you with us? Going once, going twice. All right, let's go to the um, the five hundred four. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing? Yeah, how you doing, man? Doing good. Who's this? This is Roland, man. I called last week and I made a comment about uh, Brendan Cow about the uh, receivers not necessarily developing. Remember last week? Yeah. Yeah, Philip Dorsett, he's not developing. He only has the no. highest average per catch in the history of college football. Yeah. In the history. Yeah, I'm not even going to talk about it. Yeah, Herb Waters, man, he's playing like crap, isn't he? Braxton Berrios, a true freshman out there. A true freshman. You're man, right. a true freshman. does he look like garbage? Yeah, those receivers, a they're a big problem. Go ahead, man. I'll tell you, they got it. They got it. Hey, hey, I just had to give you a little bit of a hard time. Go ahead. No, they, I'm they got fight, a hell of a, I'm gonna mood here. They, they got a hell of a tree route that they ran too for those receivers. They got some incredible routes. But I'm just saying, I understand where <laughs> you're coming from. I'm not. <laughs> but no, honestly, uh, to be uh, uh, I was just kidding. But uh, man, they got to really make a move uh, defensively, big time, because um, I mean, uh, whew, I don't know, scheme, the I, I really think. And I just, again, my opinion, Paul Williams, uh, Franklin, D'Onofrio, I mean, those guys from the RIP, definitely, that needs to be a change. And I don't know if you remember this guy. He was under Randy Shannon, and um, he was he was a cornerback coach. Remember Wesley, Wesley McGriff? Absolutely, I remember. The crime now, let me dog. tell you about him. Yeah, now let me tell you, I'm, I'm a Saints fan. He's a, he's a cornerback coach for the Saints. Very under. Man, I don't think you got a chance to see our corners. They are atrocious, atrocious. They are absolutely atrocious. Yeah, think atrocious. Think it's his fault because I thought he was very I'm underrated. Like, uh, you know what? Again, and you're not in the locker room with those guys, and you're not you're not there, so you can't really make any you know assessments until you you're there. But just from the outside looking in, um, our corners, and and, that, and that's a whole other subject, but. Um, just, just, I'm just talking in general about developing talent, man. It's been almost like what, third, twelve, eleven, twelve years that talent guys are just not getting, you know, you know, properly developed. And and honestly, I think the three guys I just named, like you know, Paul Williams and Franklin, we can't, Gary. Let me ask you a quick question. I don't. When you look at all the high schools in the country, you mean to tell me? And we don't have two or three defensive tackles that's uh, committed to Miami. Answer that. Just let's answer that question first. I don't disagree. I mean, they they haven't I mean, been able to recruit those guys. You know, they're out there. Why? It, but why is it? What is it specifically? Because they're not they're they're not good enough. You know, they're just not good enough to do it. They're I mean I mean they're not. I mean I, you know you have to be honest. So you I mean so you in other words you're gonna put defensive ends. Look, you got. Let, let's take. I, I, I'm going to give. You, let me give you an example. You got over there in the Tampa area. You got uh, Byron Cowart and CC Jefferson. Those are two defensive linemen that are going to be on NFL rosters in three, four years. Okay. Okay. Now. Okay. They're they're visiting Florida State. They're visiting Florida. They're visiting Alabama. They're visiting every school in the South. They're not visiting Miami. That's unacceptable to me. If you're the head coach, you've got to be looking yes. at that and saying. This is unacceptable. You know, how are okay. we not yeah. even in the game to get a – you know, you got to be sitting here. If you're Al Golden, you got to be saying, how am I not even in the game exactly. in recruiting 
when I've got two elite defensive linemen, my greatest position of need, sitting there in the yeah. state of Florida, and I can't and even it, get them to come to my campus. And, and let, let, correct me if I'm wrong. If you if you run in a three four, you got to have a big three hundred and thirty pound nose tackle. So, I mean, for the scheme that they're running, they're running this three four, and you don't have. I mean, they don't have anybody. Think about that, Gary. You don't have anybody. You got. I don't even know where some of these guys are coming from. You got. You got. You got DNs that they're moving inside to play play D tackle. So I mean, I, I, it's so frustrating, man. I mean, I, I, I love you know I love the Canes, but man, I mean, they you you they got it's got to start in the trenches, man. They got to get some D tackles, and but I mean, that's all. All that goes back to coaching. It goes back to. And they, you, they may not bring his name up. It goes back to Jeff, Jeff Franklin. He was the same guy that, that, that Coach Cedric Ellis at USC that came to the Saints, who was a bus, or just a straight bus. He did nothing for us. And 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 it's just man, I, um, I'm just wondering when is it and what point will they make a decision to? Um, I mean, it can't it can't be just position players. It has to be the whole. It needs to be a defensive coordinator. And to let him come in and, and pick and choose his his position coaches. Start from scratch on defense. Totally start from scratch. Uh, if I'm sitting in that chair, my only holdover is Hurley Brown. I I, I totally 100% agree with you on that. Everybody else, no, not not because of, you know of anything personal or anything. I just no. think you need a fresh start, and to have yeah. a fresh start, you got to replace at least three bodies. That's all. Yeah, all right, you got anything else? I mean, this week? No, um, no, man. If you can just keep me on hold, I'm gonna listen, and I appreciate you. Uh, you do, do a great job, Gary. Appreciate it, man. All right, man. Hey, thank, thank you, thank you for being part of the show. All right, six four six five nine five two zero four eight six four six five nine five two zero four eight. The Canes Nation talking ball on a Tuesday night, and um, man, I would say that you could cut the pressure with a knife that's gonna be hanging over the Hurricanes on uh, Thursday night up in Blacksburg, but. I think you better use a machete. Let's go out to the 706, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing? Hey, Gary. How you doing? This is Sebastian from Columbus, Georgia. How are you, buddy? Doing good, man. Can you believe the pressure that this program is under? Yeah, I mean, I'm just... Call after call after call. I mean, I don't know that we've had a happy person call in yet, and we're going on 915. It's amazing. It was a bye week. <laughs> and it's a bye week. <laughs> Yeah, it's a bye week. But uh, just a couple things I was just kind of thinking I wanted to call in on the show is um, I was just kind of looking at, you know, the the history with the Hurricanes and everything, and I was thinking about uh, Jimmy Johnson and Butch Davis and and also uh, Dennis Erickson. But, you know, if I would make an analogy, I would look at Dennis Erickson and also Jimmy Johnson, who came from college head coaching experiences to the University of Miami. And it seems like somewhere along the line they kind of figure it out as far as what they needed to do to be successful. Jimmy coming from Oklahoma State, being the stepchild to Oklahoma, had an idea of what kind of program he needed to be able to contend on a high level. And Dennis was able to do the same thing. I also was thinking about Butch Davis when Miami was kind of like working its way from the probation stage, and he was able to get them to be competitive. He played a lot of young guys. And they were competitive. You know, they would lose at home to Virginia Tech, 27 to 25. But they were competitive, and they started making the transition. 
when I'm looking at Al Golden and I'm looking at our football team, this week is a prime example of the type of game we have to win to start turning the tide. you got a vulnerable Virginia Tech team. And really, if we win, it's going to come down to coaching and execution. Virginia Tech's not going to beat themselves. I don't expect them to. But we need to do that. What do you think about that, Gary? Totally agree with you. I think this is a massive football game for Miami and Al Golden on Thursday night, um, without question. And it's winnable. They match up fine with Virginia Tech. Just got to put the proper schemes together and go out and execute on game day and get it done. And But I agree with you. They have to start winning these games to turn the corner, without question. And, and the thing about Virginia Tech, um, I don't see them as like, they're not the, in the upper echelon of college football, so I don't think we're going to be kind of overmatched. But we can't beat ourselves in special teams. We can't allow Virginia Tech to get comfortable uh, with a lead or be able to run the football because, you know, we're just going to be setting ourselves up for failure. Um, you know, every week I've asked you to kind of, what do you think is going to happen? And you never tell me, are they going to win or are they going to lose? I've been wrong every week, and you've been right all the time. So I'm just going to ask you, do you think we can beat Virginia Tech on Thursday night? Uh, without question, I think they can beat Virginia Tech on Thursday night. I, I don't think Virginia Tech has anywhere close to the amount of offense that Miami brings to the table in, in this ball game. Um, you know, it's just going to be a, a question of can the defense stop the run? And if they could stop the run and, and, and turn it into a game where um, Virginia Tech has to try to win throwing the football, yeah. then I think they have a gr- they have a great chance to win. But yeah. if they sit back and the safeties are 14 yards off the line of scrimmage and they don't play aggressive and they let Virginia Tech take the game to them in that environment up there, I think it's going to be really difficult. And they have some injuries on the defensive side of the ball too. Not saying that, you know, we can – I think we can exploit them on that aspect, but we just need to be prepared for it. I guess I need to talk a little bit about recruiting because, you know, I'm a, I'm a recruiting fanatic and I'm just I'm just looking to see – as relation to the coaching staff, you know, you 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 were dead on when you were saying, "Hey, I got a staff that can't even get the top athletes in the state, not across the country, to even kind of come and get me a look." So, would you agree that the, if if we make a change on the defensive side, we got to bring somebody that has strong skills in that particular area? Oh yeah, I mean, you, strong skills in every particular area. You don't just make a change to make a change. I mean, and and I don't like the idea of a young coach either. I don't think that this is a gambling situation. I think you got to go out and find a veteran, a proven guy. You might have to go into like the National young, Football yeah. League. You know, you, yeah, a guy like that possibly. You might have to go into the National Football League to find a guy who's seasoned enough to come and take that responsibility. But, you know, you don't just make a change to make a change. If you're just bringing in a guy, you might as well stay with what you have. It's got to be a high-impact hire. Um, it's got to be a guy that you're not gambling with. It has to be a guy that Al Golden can count on to fix that side of the football. And I mean fix it, okay? Fix it in every way, shape, or form so that when you come back in September and you got to play Clemson and you got to play Nebraska again and, and you got to go you know, on, on the road to Tallahassee, um, that you can go and be competitive and have a chance to win those ball games because you know – that you're gonna, what you're going to be doing schematically and philosophically out there on the football field is 100% sound, and they don't have that right now. What, what the, I make one, two other comments, and I'm going to let you go because I know there's a lot of people. 
the things that I'm going to be looking for as the season transpires, I think we got like five games left, is how do we work schematically through the games and be in a position to win in the fourth quarter? Because a lot of that comes down to coaching. The ball bounces here, the ball bounces there, a break for you, a break for me. But over time, it's not one or loss on one play, but there's probably four or five plays that probably determine the football game. And so, you know, it's, it's winning more of them plays than losing them. And so, but, you know, every time we lose, we're not even, like, close, you know, and, and, that, and that just seems to kind of be bugging me and kind of chapping me bad. But the last question I have for you, and you could just put me on cold, you've been around the team. What is the vibe on the team? How do they feel? How do they feel about themselves? What, how do you feel as far as what they've seen that they've accomplished this year, they can accomplish for the remainder of the year? What, what's the mood like of the team? Where, 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 where are they at? Where are you sensing them? And just kind of keep me on hold, Gary. I mean – from my viewpoint, the mood is, is really not bad. I mean, it's way better than it probably has a right to be, and you know, that's a credit to the kids. I mean, you know, I mean, they hang in there. They they come back every week. They're always ready to play. Um, they very rarely show up for a game flat. You know, I mean, you, you know, you just gotta you gotta give them credit. I mean, they they've endured a lot of frustration, and they haven't become divided. You've got a disparity on yeah. what's going on on one side of the ball to the other. They don't let it you know, create a, a split in their locker room. I, I mean, you got to give these kids just an enormous amount of credit. I, I think the mood of them is, is, is right where you'd want it to be, keeping in mind where they are at four and three. Excellent, Gary. All right. Gary, my last one didn't put me on hold. Uh, give me, give me a, impl- a surprising player that's kind of really surprised you, aside from Brad Kerr, that no one's really paying attention to, but who you really, really believe is going – be maybe a diamond in the rough or a gem that we're not paying attention to, but is really playing solid, good ball. And just keep me on hold. Thank you so much. Well, you know, I'd have to start with Nick Linder. <laughs> I mean, you know, I know he's only played a few games now, but, you know, I really thought when I watched him at the uh, Under Armour game, I, you know, I was kind of wondering whether they were doing the right thing taking him. He looked very undersized and overmatched <laughs> to me up there against the top players in the country. Um, but, you know, a few people that, you know, said, give him a chance, give him a chance to get stronger and grow, that he's a really smart kid and, and, and he'll be a good player. And he's been pressed into action here the last few weeks and has really, you know, done an absolutely amazing job. So, you know, I think you'd have to put him on the list, number one. Um, hmm. Other guys that have surprised. I mean, Thurston Armbrister, um, I think, yeah. has played certainly better than you would have expected him to play um, at the beginning of the year. Um, beyond that, um, Corn Elder, I think, is coming along really, really well and might be the best cornerback on the team now. Um, he's doing a great job. Um, wouldn't be a surprise, but I think you know Artie Burns looks like he's developing pretty well. So, I mean, I'd start with probably those four guys. Okay. I appreciate it, Gary. Great show. Just keep me on hold. Really enjoying the conversation. But we'll be talking next week. And just remember, I'm the one that called and told you, Virginia Tech is the kind of game we have to start winning if, you know, we really can see that, hey, we're kind of like moving in the right direction. We lose to Virginia Tech, and it's not it's just not about player execution or, you know, you know the kind of same lame excuse week after week. We've had a bye week. 
we should hopefully be in a position to come out with a W on this one. Thanks, Gary. Just keep me on hold, buddy. You got it, man. Great points, and we, and we will talk to you next Tuesday night. All right, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. The show moves on now to the 501 as we crisscross America. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's up, Gary? This is Alex from Arkansas, man. What's happening, Alex? How you doing over there? Oh, man, another night. All right, now, man, they're coming so close to winning those SEC games. <laughs> and then hey, just... man, I'm I, I'm enjoying it, actually, Gary, because, you know, I just get a chance to rub it in on the Razorback fans, you know, while they're suffering through theirs. You know, at least, you know, that coach getting on TV crying and doing the interviews and all of that, man. But, they have hey, not, they, they I, can't win, win a game in the SEC. They can't get it done, man. I guess, you know, they just got to settle for playing UAB. But, you know, I can kind of see how they feel, man. But, you know, at least I always had those championships that my Hurricanes have to fall back on. But <laughs> I wanted to call you, man. I call every no, week to no get my therapy how, how session. I know, man. Hey, well, at least you know theirs was 64, so I don't even have to go into that because at that time it wasn't even integrated, so that doesn't count to me. (laughs) So it doesn't count to me, man. But uh, I wanted to call to get my therapy session, man. I I read a lot of what you uh, have written on your site, and I get on there every day several times a day to check it out. And, you know, one thing that kind of stuck out with me was back when they were having the uh, workouts during the uh, before the season start, when they opened camp and they were doing that one-on-one drill. And what I'm going to uh, bring up will kind of lead into another point that I wanted to touch bases with you. They had a uh, thing on there. You guys have a thing on there where you have, like, video of different segments of practice on there. And on this particular one, you had – Y'all had a uh, video of Marcus Guyot and Kai Hester shedding blocks and making tackles. In this particular video, during this time, they had one where it was either Guyot or Hester would go in and shed the blocker and hit somebody. They hit somebody so hard, they got mad and wanted to fight. And a fight ensued, you know, during that particular drill. And they had to be separated. But you notice when the, some of the other and veteran guys had been there, they weren't shedding the blockers. They were more engaging and couldn't get off the blocks, which is the same thing that I see during the games. Same thing. So, you know, I hate to be the dead horse, you know, to everybody that that's called, but if my child or my son is a, is a, is a major D1 linebacker or a defensive tackle, man, there's no way that you could even consider letting them go to Miami. And the reason why I say that, and I bring that up, is because every time I read anything on Kane Sport that has anything about a recruit, the first word they say is, I want to go to Miami or I'm interested in Miami because of Ray Lewis or some of the other players who have played at University of Miami. But our defense doesn't look nothing like that, hasn't looked nothing like that, in years, you look, you waiting for me to argue with you? <laughs> you know, I mean, I know you're not going to argue. So, <laughs> I mean, we have we don't have a leg to stand on, and so I mean, I'm I'm frustrated, and I'm also just like, man, I know you keep saying 
the end is not coming, but okay, if if Golden doesn't succeed, then not only are we taking a chance on losing our offensive staff, which that side has hopefully gotten it together. I think they have. I, I want to put my money on that. But as anybody who's been around football knows, if your defense can't stop anybody, that puts so much more pressure on your offense. Now you're afraid to give the ball back and not try to score every time. And you don't want to start taking backward steps there. You know, James Coley's doing right. a good job. You don't want to lose right. him without question. Exactly. And, and take backward steps in any way. You got, you so got a quarterback. A, exactly. You got a quarterback that's, that's just tremendous. And, you, I mean, a lot of people, I saw, I heard one guy on there taking a shot at Brandon Carroll. But listen, whatever they're doing with those receivers, man, they got those receivers and everything on that offensive side of that ball is clicking. You know, I know we probably will lose some old linemen this year that are going to graduate and flowers may come out early, but – Man, if they can just, you know, keep everything solid on the offensive side. But, man, our defense, not only is it not good now, man, it doesn't look like it's going to get any better anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, how is it going to be better next year? Right, because you're losing. We're losing a lot of people. So, but this is what I want to ask you. I know that we always talk about how smart Coach Golden is, and I'm I'm sure that he is. I'm not doubting that. But what if he decides not to change that defensive staff? Can you imagine what we will look like defensively next year? Well, I mean, it'll be similar to what you have right now. You know, the defensive tackles will will be similar. Um, You know, I, I think you'd have to hope that Chad Thomas and Muhammad can develop into big-time defensive ends. That would be what you'd be hoping for. Um, obviously, you'd be counting on Darian Owens and Jawan Young to take big steps forward at linebacker. Maybe Jermaine Grace come back a little bigger and able to be an every-down linebacker. Uh, your cornerback position would still be in pretty decent shape, and your safety position would still be pretty much you know, w- what it is right now as well. So... Um, you know, you might be you might be able to say status quo and be a little bit better, but oh man, you know, you bring some new ideas in and maybe do some different things with some of these guys, and and you know maybe you could be substantially better. Okay, so are we talking Ed Origin or are we talking somebody? Talking we talking anybody. somebody on that caliber? I'm not talking anybody, but I will say this: if they decide to make a move, they better not mess around. You know, go get somebody who's a big-time coach who can make a big-time impact and can bring a couple other guys with him that can do the same. You know, playtime play play time is over. You I gotta, agree with that. You've got you to make some big-time power moves here. That's what the doctor ordered. I mean, I heard I heard earlier when you said it was like a 50-50 chance as a Hurricane fan, man, that frightens me to death. Well, I just don't think it's what he wants to do. You know, I mean, <laughs> I, I think if there's but, any way that he Gary, can talk himself out of doing it, he's going to. But, Gary, let me ask you, how can you be smart and not see that our defensive scheme is not working? Because That's I think what I don't that, understand. How can you be I think smart think, and – I think they think it can work. And I think that, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, they're all in this, okay. in this thing together. They're They're business partners. But but let me ask you, who else runs a scheme like us? 
in in college football. Well, I think there's other successful. people that'll line up in, in three, four formations, but it's what you do with it. You know, it's, it's right. what you're doing right. out of. You know, right? That's what I'm saying. Who else lines up in a passive three, four, and is successful like us? That 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 runs the same passive scheme like us. Because I mean, we always look at it. If we had half of a defense, our record and the whole outlook on our season is different right now. I mean, no knock on the defensive kids, the players. Look, but if our defense here's was the bottom line half of the as good, the bottom line on the season so far is that you have no idea how good this football team is right now. Because in the games that they've played against competitive teams, they didn't give themselves a chance to win. They didn't give themselves a chance to win at Louisville. They didn't give themselves a chance to win at Nebraska. They didn't give themselves a chance to win at Georgia Tech. So you have no idea what this team is. And and I cover it every day, and I can't give you an opinion on what this team is. Because I don't think you've seen this team go into a game against anybody any good with a loaded hole, you know, a loaded gun. That's a scary thought as a Hurricane fan. It doesn't it, make me feel a, good, Gary. It's not acceptable. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it, it's not acceptable. And that's why you see the fan base reacting the way that they are. Um, that's why the outside world is looking at Miami football with total disrespect and disinterest. Um, it, it's just it's not there the way it is right now. And if Al Golden's going to give himself a chance to be the guy that gets it there, He's going to have to make some changes at the end of the year. If he doesn't, I personally don't believe that he's going to get there under his direction. And I'm a guy that from day one recognized him as a man who could be at Miami for a very long time and be very successful. He has a lot of what it takes. But you're going to have to find and understand that the quality of the organization top to bottom is as important as anything at Miami. You have to be rock solid in every area. Right now, they're not. I agree with that. All right, Gary, I appreciate you, man, for taking my call. I just, you know, I didn't want to go off the deep end, but I'm so frustrated as a Hurricane fan because I just, on offense, we look like the Hurricanes of old, but on defense, we look like some, I mean, we don't look good at all. Unless we're playing somebody that's not good. Maybe Thursday night they turn the We'll see. Give us a call next week. Okay. Hi, man. See you next week. Yep. Thanks for being part of the show. Well, it's 934. We're halfway through the show, and we still have not found a happy Canes fan. We continue in our quest right now. Um, We'll go out and look for him in the 205, where you are now live on Canes Sport Live. How are you doing this evening? Yeah, Ray. What's up, baby? Who's this? This big slaughter, man. Hey, what's up, Slaughter? How are you, man? Are you happy? Uh, no, I'm not happy. We've been talking for an hour and 35 minutes, and we've yet to, we've yet to find a happy fan. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm not, I'm not as, you know, I don't feel as bad as I have, you know, the prior weeks, because cause we won and we had a bye week. But, you know, um, my only... What I'm looking for this week, man, we had a bye week. We, these next two weeks, we're gonna have we had a bye week, and we have 12 days to prepare for our next, you know, our next two components. And this will tell us how good our coaching staff is. You know, if they come in against Virginia Tech 
you know, like you said, with no loaded gun, and then the following week, you know, 12 days, you know, 12 days to prepare for 10 to 12 days to prepare, and we still, you know, look, you know, disarray. That that that's all you need to see right there from this coaching staff, man. And he really, he's, you know, and it's, it's going to be time for a change, man. I try, you know, I was a big, uh, I supported Al, man, and like one of the callers said earlier. When I see them posted on this on the website, man, I don't even read it and I don't even look at it no more, man. It's just it's just disgusting, man. You know, man. But I had a question I wanted to ask you, man. I know you don't like to give your take on this type of stuff, but if you know, who would you like to see? You know, I say Ken Norton. I think Ken Norton, you know, um, would be a pretty good guy. I I haven't heard heard nobody say anything about him. But what would who would you like to see as a defensive coordinator? Uh, if you, you had know, to pull that trigger on somebody, I know you don't want to like the, you know, I just want to just throw me a couple of names out there. Yeah, I mean, you know, here's what I'll say. I, I Like I just said a few minutes ago, it's got to be an established big-time coach, a guy that you're not gambling on, a guy that you know is rock solid, that's going to give you the best chance to turn this program around as quickly as possible. You know, it can't be a young guy who's up and coming, who you're hoping is good enough, um, that doesn't have a complete resume yet. You don't have time for that. You know, on-the-job training at Miami has got to be over for a while. You know, you need a guy that's proven, that's been through the wars, that understands defense and and can simplify it for these kids and and use their abilities and turn them loose and – can also get out there and, 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 and recruit and who has recruiting connections and can bring a couple other coaches with them that can do the same. Um, if you do that, you fixed your program very quickly. If you don't, I, I, it's going to be the same. I, okay. Okay. To, to, to respond to what you said. Okay. Do you think we have a, a shot at uh, much time if he get fired? Do you think that's a, a, a logical and I that that'd be a tough one just because of how much negative recruiting they've done up at Florida. I mean, you know, I I, I like that type of person with that type of resume and pedigree, um, but him as an individual would be kind of tough just because of his history. Um, I understand and, that, but then you say he's a, a businessman first, right? Yeah, yeah, but there's other guys. I mean, you don't, you don't need to hire. You're not going to hire a guy that's been trashing your program for the last three years. But that's, you know? the, that's just the business of the of coaching. Man. It's always about the game, game the competitive edge. Yeah, I, I know, but I, I don't see that one being a fit. But that type of coach. If Saban can hire Kiffin, we can yeah. hire Muschamp because Kiffin and Saban didn't really get along. Because when he came in the SEC, he ruffled a lot of feathers. You know, he talked trash to a lot of coaches. And you know, Saban wants. Saban knew he hit. Hey, I need to change something on my offense. You know, and he made that change. That's a great. See, that's, that's what I'm talking about. You know, coach. it's like he brings in Kiffin to run the offense. You know, they put up 600 yards against Florida last week. Exactly. They, had they had 450 yards at halftime against Texas A&M. Now I know they struggled on the road against Ole Miss and Arkansas back-to-back weeks, and and it's not. You know, it's never a perfect world, but that's the type of big. That was a big time hire, bringing in Lane exactly. Kiffin to run your offense. And, yeah, and, and, but but the thing if we get a guy like Muschamp, man, it, next year we'll be with the talent we have right there. He already wants the same system of three four, you know, and he plays an aggressive style that everybody wants. And he will get a lot of the recruits, the top recruits that's committed to Florida, will jump ship to Miami just like that. 
know, well, you, you, you would help us some with I, I mean, I agree with you. That type of person is is exactly what 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 you would want. I just don't. If you're asking me, do I think it will be it would be him? No, I don't, and that's the reason why. Okay. Okay, what about this? I know it's kind of a long shot. I know a lot of people are going to say, what the hell is he thinking? Do you think they would, ever, they would try to um, hire, rehire Randy Shannon? Because you said he got a great track record. He was on he was on some national championship teams, and he's been around, and he knows how to play defense. When he was here, defense was not the problem. It was our offense. So did you think they would consider giving uh, Randy Shannon another shot because he has the ties in South Florida? Would you think that – and he won't be that – he won't – he won't be expensive either. Yeah, I don't think I see that one happening. I don't think I see that one happening either. Oh, man. I, 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 you know, I'm just, you know, it's kind of one of those, I don't know, man. We, we got to do something, man. We got to do something ASAP, man. But like you said, if he don't fire, if he don't make some changes, man, he just sealed his face at the university because, like you said, it's going to be the same thing next year, even maybe even worse because, you know, you take Denzel Perry out. And who else do you have? You know, I hope you don't think um, what's the kid name um, from Atlanta? Fifty six, horrible. Kirby. But yeah, you know. But you know, thanks for your opinion, Gary. Man, just keep me on hold, man. Get some of these other callers in now. All right, man. Hey, good talking to you again, Slaughter. We'll, we'll yes, talk sir. to you next week. All right, six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Randy Shannon back as defensive coordinator. You know, I've heard that from several people in the last twenty four hours. Um, heard it from some pretty well-placed people at Miami, too, who threw out that suggestion. What about Randy Shannon coming back to run the defense under Al Golden? Um, man, I don't know. I don't think I see it happening. I, I really don't. Um, but it's interesting that people are still thinking about Randy and coming up with the idea. Will Muschamp, great resume, exactly what you would want. But I still, like I said, don't see how – you can bring in a guy that's been sitting there negative recruiting against you for the last three years. Just doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. Let's go out to the 850 now, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hey, I, I, I like to just listen on. I'm listening to everything. All righty, man. We'll put you back on hold. Thanks for listening to the show. Let's go to the 951, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing this evening? Hey, what's going on, Gary? Doing um, good. How you doing? Who's I'm this? doing good. It's T, man. It's, you know, caught a few weeks in a row. But, All right, man. yeah, I, I, I guess I missed something. Um, <laughs> I don't know why everybody's mad, but I just kind of called was, in. Like, hey, I, we're now an hour 45 in, and we haven't found a happy fan yet. Oh, man, I'm happy, man. I'm just <laughs> no, I'm You're not, the first. Not really, no, what are you happy about? Tell us what you're happy about. No, I'm joking. I'm not really happy. I'm just, you know, what can you do, man? <laughs> This <laughs> situation, you know, I'm the type I can't get mad about stuff I can't control. So I, I mean, it's like you just got to hold for the best. But I think that Randy Shannon idea is not bad, man. It is where he be the type to, um, you know, kind of find the humility in himself to come back and you know face, you know, oh. you know the same I, city would Randy that come, ran him out of here. Would huh? Randy come back? Um, yeah. If I had to make a bet, I would say Randy would come back. At the end of oh, the day, man, you 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 can always go back home. I mean, hey, they're talking about bringing Steve Spurrier back to Florida now. You know, wouldn't that be something? Um, wow. You can always wow. go, yeah, always, but always that, can that, go back that, home. You know, yeah, Steve Spurrier wouldn't be bad for Florida, but yeah, I, I, I just don't see how be a good choice. So. I just I, I don't see that one. 
You don't think so? I think that would be a good choice. But because I, I hear a lot of people would talk about the development of players under Randy Shannon as a head coach. But I think what people fail to realize, it wasn't Randy Shannon. He was a head coach. He wasn't developing players. You know, he was hiring people to develop the players, and maybe that was his weakness. But you think about the time when he was a head coach, I mean, the head defensive coordinator at Miami, and the talent he put out within those years that he was coordinator. That was astounding. Like you, from astounding. 2000 to like what 2000? What was it? 2007 or something like that. Like uh, when was the last first round we had was Kenny Phillips was the last correct. first. Round. Yeah. No, I mean hmm? he had uh, yeah. he had he, he had great defensive players under him in the time that he was yeah. the coordinator. Yeah, but he put them in the right positions to make plays too. I mean, I, I, granted, I, I think Randy he he did some bonehead stuff as a coordinator. Like I think. We go back to that 2002 championship in um, Arizona. I can't understand why it was fourth and and 12, and he had the DBs playing eight yards back to this day. But hey, you can't you can't go back in time. So he did a few things wrong, but overall, he was always in our defense was always in the top ten. So we can get that back now. I think we write that to cuss, man. We just need that that defense. Offense looked like it's going to be pretty good, man, for a while with Kaya. So There's no coach out there that's great all the time. Yeah, that is they, absolutely. They all have cool. days where they where they they aren't real good. Yeah, that was the wrong day. You got to remember now; these guys are making <laughs> seventy-five calls a game. Yeah, they're not going to get them all right. I don't care who they are. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But yeah, man, I, I guess we can hope. You know, but I hope we get somebody you know who's passionate about defense and can you know make guys fly to the ball and look you know just aggressive. That's you know just play Florida style football. It's aggressive. Let the guys be aggressive. That's all we can hope for. But other than that, man, I mean, I just got back from the West Coast today, and I just called in an hour late to the show, so I was kind of missed why everybody was so upset. I'm like, we had a bye week, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't <laughs> hey, man, I, the, the, I and, and not only did you have a bye week, but you, you're coming off a blowout victory over Cincinnati. But, but people, yeah, I was like, I mean, they're upset. You know, you, you, yeah. you turn on TV, they're not talking about your team on ESPN. You pick up the rankings on Monday morning. You, you're not even in the others receiving votes list. Um, well, you well, know, who else are you talking about if they're not in the SEC? That's all you really hear about. Right? Yeah, I mean, it's I, a total irrelevance right now. You know, people are upset. Yeah. yeah, it's true. I mean, I'm upset about it, but, you know, I still still rock with Miami. I, I know we'll get it back, man. I just, you know, just got to stay with it, man. You know, hope, hope Al Golden makes some good decisions. He seemed like a smart guy, like he a good decision maker. Uh, you know, let's hope he make the right decisions in this. You know, get rid of his buddy, man, and get a more aggressive defense. Well, we'll see what happens. Begin beginning Thursday yeah. night. All right. Well, hey, thank, right. thank you for being part of the Le- show. Leave me on hold this time. <laughs> All right. You got it. All right. Six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Six four six five nine five two zero four eight. We got a lot of guys on hold, but we still have a few phone lines available. If you want to get in here on the last hour and 15 minutes and be part of the show. Let's go out now to the 352, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing this week? Good, good. Am I on? You're on, man. How you doing? Oh, I'm hanging in there. Who's this? Big Kane fan in Austin Green up here in Umatilla, Florida. Just Already outside of Well, I just wanted to talk to you about a few things that um, – I really think that the problem with the defense is, and I'm the son of a former Hurricane, and 
we sit down and watch the games. Me and my father, we live up here. We don't make many games unless they're a big game. But you see guys trying to play the, you know, the three-four defense, and you got this rush linebacker. I've heard many callers talk about covering players way downfield, and I've seen it for myself. And they shouldn't be covering anybody but in the flats. And I think we should probably be playing, you know, maybe even giving Chad Thomas a, a look at that position. I'm sure that Demetrius Jackson is probably going to fold later on after his red shirt for that spot. And I understand that we lost a big person in Muhammad at that spot, but you can't – you got people putting their hand on the ground that shouldn't be putting their hand on the ground. People covering players downfield that shouldn't be covering players downfield. It's just a little ridiculous. And I also think Jermaine Grace, I mean, he's one of our fastest players, according to the uh, 40 times posted, and he should be playing safety. And uh, I just wanted to see what you thought about that. And also I was going to throw out uh, Winston Moss as a defensive coordinator. What do you think about that, Gary? Huh. Um, Winston Moss. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to re- remember, and, and, and I, I, I plead ignorance on this. I, I vaguely remember him being a coordinator, um, but I'm trying to remember if that's actually factual or not. I know he's obviously been a coach in the NFL for a long time now, and it's very well thought of. I'm just not sure about his track record as a coordinator, and and I don't really like the idea of experimenting if there are changes made. I, I think that the 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 right way to go would be with somebody who who's proven who's who's been through the wars who's seen every offense that there is and knows how to handle it and will be fully prepared in every single way to handle that position. Um I'm not sure Winston even though he's very well regarded in the National Football League um would fit the bill for that unless you're absolutely dead set on hiring an alumnus and then you would consider it. Right, right. Well, I, mean, I just thought of that as a good name, but uh, you know, oh, it's a good name. Will, I mean, he's Will been, Mustard. you know, he he's been in the NFL for for a long time now. Right, right, right. He was a great cane. Um, I'm pulling up his okay, resume well, I, right now while while you're Will, talking. Go ahead. He's at the Packers right now, I believe. He's, yeah, he's with the Packers. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I don't believe he has been a coordinator yet. And to me, that's the, you know uh, what, what I would be saying is that's that that's a big deal. Yeah. yeah. And um, we, do you think Mike Barrow left? Um, that, that was strictly family reasons. There wasn't any, you know, anything between the coaches. Maybe he didn't like. No, when he saw. I, I I think those are bad rumors. People are starting. I I know it didn't look good, but if Mike Barrow was going to make the move for that reason, he wouldn't have done it a couple days before the start of the season. Um, he didn't, he did not feel, and, and, you know, Mike has told me this himself and this is a guy that, I mean, he's got integrity to, to the nth degree and he's the last guy that I would expect to tell a lie about anything. Um, and you know, he is, he flat told me he didn't feel like he could coach and fulfill the responsibilities that he wanted to fulfill to his mom. So he decided to walk away at that time and and focus on his mom. And for those that are that care, I did speak to Mike uh, briefly about a week ago, and his mom is doing better. And um, 
he still does. He doesn't that regret. Reason. He, he, anything about his mother, God bless. Yeah, his mom. He, he said his mom is, is starting to do better, and he's happy with her progress. But he still doesn't feel like he could have done both, and he feels like he made the right decision uh, for himself and his family. Oh, I agree. So, from I my agree. viewpoint, those are bad rumors. People are starting, and, and you know, really shouldn't be uh, speaking out of school on something you know that sensitive. Well, I, I enjoyed your article on Monday. I don't think it's even though I don't, I'm not liking what I see. I don't think it's, you know, the right choice to get rid of Golden. I do think there has to be changes on the defensive side of the ball. And I, a lot of it, I think, could be just if they would look at the personnel they're using in the wrong places. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, you could definitely make that argument. No, you could make a lot of arguments. There, There's not an argument on defense that doesn't hold some water. Right. Uh, you know, you could go on all day. It's it's target practice. There's no question about it. And by the way, um, I, I did just double-check what I said, and I was correct. Winston Moss has not been a coordinator before, and for that reason, I do not personally think that he would be a great candidate if Coach Golden decided to make a change because um, I think he just needs to do something a little bit more proven than that if he does do something. That's an understandable argument. All right, well, if you could just leave me on hold, Gary, I appreciate you taking my call. Go Canes. All righty, thanks for being part of the show. All right, let's go out now to the 202, where you're now live on Canes Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Gary, what's going on? This is Kwame. Hey, what's up, Kwame? How you been? I cannot complain. Uh, two things. I want are you happy? Second... Are you a happy Canes fan? Or Hell you no, I'm not happy. Hell All right. Uh, I want to make two points. I want to second the Will Muschamp for D.C. Uh, coaching decision and name uh, Will uh, uh, Winston Moss as his linebacker coach. We can move <laughs> through the D.B. Oh, let's on. get Ed Orgeron in there as a D.I.N. coach. Now let's take this thing back, baby. Winston Moss has put 15 years in in, in the National Football League. You think he's going to – as a coach, and then he had – Another 10 as a player. He's got 25 years invested in the National Football League. Do you know what kind of pension that man is going to have when he decides he doesn't want to coach anymore? He's not coming to be the linebacker coach at Miami. Okay, I'll give you that one. <laughs> I'll give you that one. But I, I, I like this Will Muschamp for D.C. idea. I like that. I, it's a great idea pedigree-wise. I mean, pedigree-wise, it's a phenomenal idea. Um certainly would be one of the first names I would think of as well. Uh, but like I said, he's been negative recruiting against Miami for the last few years but, all over but, the state but of Gary, Florida. Gary, all the schools. I know. You got, you got, I agree. You've got to be a big boy. You're not, not going to all out Florida just, you know, for that specific uh, offense. I mean, every school for the past couple of years was doing the same thing. So I'm not going to single him out for that. What I will single him out for is his relationship with these Florida coaches. And what I will single him out for is his ability and, and to coach a defense. And players. And, and, and players. And what I truly believe, if we come at him with a million, we're going to need a million dollars plus to come at him with as far as his salary per year. He's going to need to get paid at least. He's going to have to be a million-dollar coordinator. No question. My, I, I hope that our Blake James understands that, that he can't. You know, whichever next president comes in, I hope he's not a tad foot type, you know, where he doesn't, you know, really try to 
understand the culture of the of the school, which revolves around that football program. You know, I, I I hope that they open up the bank for this DC because it's needed. Uh, and if you got a chance to get a, a Will Muschamp on your staff with the kind of pedigree that he brings, you 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 grab him from the SEC. You got to take a guy like that. It, it might be worth sitting like down and having the conversation. No argument. I I, I just I just believe that. Uh, I, I I believe we need to go back to you the four. Definitely make that case. You know, I I, I firmly believe that. I, be, I believe our, our our DBs need to be closer to play aggressive, bump and run, man to man defense. I'm tired of this. You know, Ben, don't break things that I'm seeing week after week after week. It's it's not fun to watch. Well, I've I mean, got, without question, defense has not been the biggest problem at Florida. However, they've had their moments, too. You know, I mean, you have to wonder how the heck Alabama put 600 yards on them a few weeks ago. Well, let's be honest. But, if you count how many plays that defense was on the field, uh, Will Muschamp has had a, a, a very spotty at best uh, time at finding an offensive coordinator that can get the most out of that team. And the defense, is on, was on, particularly for that Alabama game, was on the field for too many plays. I mean, it was on the field for too many plays because the offense couldn't move the damn ball. But he, you know, he's got uh, good pedigree as a, as a defensive coach. Um, he certainly does. has recruited well on defense at Florida, and I, I think it's safe to say that if you, there was a move made, he would be an, a, a very good upgrade over. I'm gonna tell you something, Gary, I, and let the Canes Nation hear this: when you decide a fucking match fire, pardon my French, a match fire to light under Al's behind. Will Muschamp, in my opinion, needs to be the number one choice for D.C. Well, I, think we all know. I think you're already lighting the fire. <laughs> I, I, think it's, I think it's safe to say that the fire has been lit. <laughs> it, it, okay, it, it, it needs to go off. <laughs> it needs to go off because I'm, 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 I'm almost – I've never been n- nervous before the game. I've always been confident that, you know, my team was going to show up and be competitive even if we didn't win the ball game, we were going to show up and let folks know that you got hit in the mouth, it was, that it was a struggle getting that W. I, I don't see that in the losses this year. I see us getting ran over. I mean, it is, as a fan, I've been a fan since when I was, what, 17, 18 years old, watching Miami Hurricanes. I mean, this is, you know, when Butch was just starting to turn that wheel around in around 98, 99. That's when I really started, you know, catching on to the Hurricanes and, and watching defenses under Greg Schiano, under Randy, that were aggressive, that attacked the ball, that even in losses, you know, they would be competitive. I, I have not seen that from Al Golden in four years here. I don't, I don't see the losses as being – they're not competitive losses. We just – a lot of times we're getting smacked around. And, it, it, yeah. and and I'm I'm wondering when that is going to stop. I, I hope that it, it comes to an end. Well, comes I guess Thursday. the best you can do is hope it starts stopping on Thursday night. That's the best that we can do. So yep. I mean, I, I I wish you know the Kings Nation well. Uh, let's hope we have a good game on Thursday, fellas and, and ladies, whoever's listening. And um, we'll see what happens. You guys take care. All right, man. Hey, thank you for being part of the show. Thank you. Give us a call next week. 
All right, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. As we head into hour number three, we still have not found a happy Canes fan. Will we find him in the 561? You are now live on Canes Sport Live. How are you doing this evening? Are you with us? Going once. Going twice. You have to call back. All right, we continue our quest to find that happy Canes fan in the 202. You're now live on Canes Sport Live. How are you doing this evening? Hello, I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. Who's this? This is Canes fan from D.C. Hey, what's up, man? Are you a happy Canes yeah, fan yeah, or yeah. a bad Canes nah, fan? No, 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 no. No, sir. I'm a, I'm very sad. Uh, I used sad? to love, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to love uh, Coach Golden. I used to watch all those YouTube videos, the interviews and all that. Nowadays, when they come up on YouTube, man, I only waste my time. Oh, you talking, uh, about the the you talking about the, raise, yes. the Raising Cane videos? Yes, exactly, exactly. The last one they had, uh, the safety, I think, uh, number 28. It's like, oh, my yep. God, this guy cannot play. Who cares about him? I know he's smart and all that. But, but at the end of the day... He's, he's a neat story, but you know, yes, the fact yeah, that starting... Is is just a continuing statement of where of where they are on defense. Yeah, like he will never change unless he get fired. That he will never change unless he get fired and then he sit at his house jobless and say, "Wow, I can't believe I was that dumb." And then uh, a couple callers that that you had like um, a while ago said, said a really good point that all these players that come during their freshman year they're like really really good, and after their sophomore and junior years. It's like they're not attacking no more because, you know, they're thinking too damn much instead of attacking. Like, a uh, great example was uh, Bush. When Bush came, his, his, his freshman year, he was really good. I mean, I mean, he, was, he wasn't like, like, wow, 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 but he was a freshman. He was really good. You, you, see, you, you know felt what I'm like he was going to develop into a, into a really good safety, no doubt about it. Exactly, exactly, exactly. When you watch him against um, Notre Dame a couple years ago, he was second um, – he was checking um, the uh, the wide receiver, a man to man at the at the uh, at the uh, He breaks the pass. He's smacking. But you know, he's this kid is almost a senior now. I mean, and and this is part of the problem. Okay, why is Dion Bush going to be a senior next year? <laughs> it's it's just it's just ridiculous. I mean, you know, the the in the the refusal to redshirt kids and develop them properly is a huge part of the problem that they're having on defense. And I don't I just I don't get it. Like, you know, Deion Bush is just to me it's to my eye just getting going as a college football player. He's going to be a senior next year. He's a great he's a great player. And uh, so and uh, a lot of the cornerbacks, are great players. It's just the system, the linebackers. Just uh, most of the time you watch it like the Steelers, right? Cuz the Steelers play a 3-4 attacking defense. You watch um you watch all the teams in the NFL that play attacking defense. They run they run the three four like the stands right the uh the outside linebackers. I think I think it's like a three point two stand. But when you watch uh, the Miami line, I mean, uh, outside linebackers, uh, the way they stand, it's kind of different from from any, from any other teams that run the three four. It's like you holding it's like you holding um the linemen, but 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 at the same time you thinking before you attack. You get what I'm saying? 
Yeah, you're saying the same thing everyone else is saying. It's you know, it's it's it's, like, it's, it's, it's a broken record, Teddy. It, it really is. It's a broken record. That's why pray pray for a better result on Thursday night. I love Miami because like, I mean, it, it's they, just, um, painful for everybody to have to keep feeling the same way week after week. South Florida is the best talent to get high school players. What's wrong with this guy? You know how many coaches would die to come to South Florida and coach? Forget Nick Saban. Nick Saban is not that good. Because you know what? Heather has his, uh, his class to come to NFL don't do nothing. Tell uh, me, that yeah, that might be well and good, but uh, Nick Saban. Defense-wise, defense-wise. No, no, no. He, he's a good player. I mean, I mean, uh, he's a good coach. But defense-wise, when his players come to the NFL, they're not the same. That's because true. Of the system. Because of the system that he uses, he uses his guys the best opportunity. He, he yeah, I that is true. But and then uh, what people were saying, um, Will Marcel from 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 uh, Florida, man, man, we don't need no damn Florida Gators. <laughs> That's what I say. I I I have a hard time. It's not that he's a pure Florida Gator because he's been all over the place, but he's been he's done some pretty intense negative recruiting against Miami the last yeah. few years. I I have a hard time imagining him getting a phone call from Al Golden. Hey, Will, sorry, so, sorry, man, about the way things went up in Gainesville. How do you feel about coming down to Coral Gables and being defense coming sports? To, yeah, coming I, to South I, Beach. Yeah, I don't. I just don't. Will Muschamp is the real Gator. It's in his blood. It's like you hired some Tebow. He's not going to do the chops. Yeah. Come on, now. All right, man. Hey, you got anything else tonight? I think we've worn out this uh, complaints about the defense. See. <laughs> I love Miami. I just hope he gets fired, man. I just hope he keeps he keep losing and then he gets fired. That's it, man. Bring bring somebody, man. Bring somebody like somebody that's aggressive. Somebody like Bruce Jones. I mean, um, Bruce Davis. Bruce Davis here in the house. Bring him in at the end of the year. Bring him in December and see what happens. Right, fair fair enough. Have. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure. I under, understand this this concept though of I hope they lose so he the gets fired. Why, the reason you why really because wanna, you really want to watch them lose Thursday night? The reason why because I want out out going out. The reason why okay look win? right now, right now, what right, right now, right now. We got Virginia Tech. What if he beats North Carolina? What if he beats Florida State and Pitt in Virginia? Finishes um, the year at at nine and three, and then goes and gets himself a few new defensive coaches. Oh, oh, we keep him. We definitely keep him because you know why? He changes his oh, system, especially on defense. But what yeah, I'm saying is this: that's over if the he top. loses, if he loses like three more games, he got to go. Yeah, but that because, that starts to get over the top when you start when you start saying, "I I hope he loses so he gets fired." Because you know, we lose the recruits. We lose the recruits. When you, well, you look at the linebackers, if we you lose the recruits. You're going to lose more recruits. All right. Hey, listen, let me let some other people get on. Thank you for being part of the show. Give us a call again next uh, week. Okay. Thank you. Um, keep me on hold, please. All righty. Yeah, I don't, uh, you know, I just don't get that, you know, whole, I, I, I've heard it a lot, obviously, lately. I hope they lose every game so he gets fired. Well, what's the point of that? I mean, that's not a fan. I mean, you don't root for your team to lose. Like, it's, you know, they, what, what if they run the table and they finish nine and three this year and, Make a couple adjustments, and now you're all of a sudden you're feeling pretty good about the program. I don't know if I buy into that, you know, whole concept of losing games to get fired. Let's go out now to the seven seven five. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. 
Yeah, thanks, Gary. Um, I uh, I'm not a happy fan, of course. I I've not liked uh, Coach Jerry. Hey, I'm, Gun- I'm, I'm telling you, we're not finding one. We got we got 50 minutes of show left. I'm convinced we are not finding a happy. No, team. no, no, no. Not, not anybody with a half a brain would would be happy. Yeah, uh, I I got disillusioned with his defense uh, in the Kansas State game when we were at home. And uh, he was delaying the calls, and people were standing around totally confused. And I didn't see any improvement from the previous year, so I left. I kind of left uh, the arena for a while. And uh, I'm hoping that uh, there will be a change this year. But I have a question for you pertaining to um, uh, the Duke game following the Nebraska game. In Nebraska, of course, uh, you know, forget the Louisville game. That was that was on Coley and. Uh, and on Golan for uh, starting that freshman up there. But aside from that, in Nebraska, that defense was was pretty stupid, and, and everyone knew it, and he didn't make a change the whole game. And then when we played at Duke at home, and um, it was clear that they uh, they were more aggressive, and uh, many of the fans... Totally and, different, you know, and, and the results were there. I mean, I'm going to look back yeah, right now. Well, so my question, about... yeah, my, my question for you is, do you have a do you have any kind of thought process regarding why uh, he he went to went to that uh, aggressive style of defense against Duke that worked beautifully his game of the year and then went back to the, the you know the old uh, uh, style that at Georgia Tech which uh, had to you know what we we don't have to go over it again but what, what was that all about what what well, do you have any idea what transpired in the guy's mind. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, totally different style of offense now. I mean, there's no comparison between how you're defending Duke and how you're defending Georgia Tech. So I'm not sure that's a fair comparison. Yeah, but but they went but, from they but, went from being aggressive to being completely passive. I mean, you 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 would have thought that um, they would have. I played uh, Division One football. I mean, I I I I can't even imagine playing a running team with that alignment they use, especially not having. Um, uh, someone or uh, nose tackle on on the center, allowing him just to block uh, Perryman in the middle. I mean, there wasn't anything that made sense about that defense. But what I don't understand is why he went to such a dramatic uh, disparity from you know from the more aggressive stance. Granted, it's two different teams, but still they put pressure on the dual quarterback because he wasn't uh, a, a good passer, neither was the, the Georgia Tech passer. Uh, he was adequate, but not excellent. With a little pressure, he might have we might have gotten a few picks. So, do you have any any? Was there any discussion about this? Did anybody ask him a question why we went to that softer defense again after so much success at Duke? No, and and, and I can't explain anything I've seen on defense. They they hold Duke to 264 yards of offense, and um, you know, just taking a look at what Duke's done. The last couple weeks, um, they they went into Georgia Tech and had um, well 373 yards, which which wasn't wasn't really great. And um, and then Duke went and played Virginia uh, last weekend and had 334 yards. So Duke hasn't really been, even though they've been winning, finding ways to win games, and they're sitting there at six and one. They haven't really been lighting it up offensively against anybody. But but without question, that that aggressive mindset that they had that day worked far better than anything else they've done this year. Uh, yeah, and uh, and what really gets me is uh, with all of his statistics and Golden statistics, 
and defenders of uh, Donofrio is the is the is the unmis- is the mistaken uh, uh, unrealization that they they are tiring our defense out. Our defense used to dominate in the fourth quarter. We're patches now in the fourth quarter, and that and the reason for that is they're just completely worn out. And and you cannot get a statistic to measure. Uh, the fatigue a defense has to face. I don't what know if that's in the true. I, I don't know that they're worn out. They're playing so many guys. I, I'll be honest with you. The only guy I've seen this year, the entire season, that I would classify as being worn out was Denzel Perriman at Louisville. <laughs> uh, other than that, I have not seen a defensive player come well, I, that Well, field. okay, worn out is probably too aggressive a term. What I mean is uh, they're not as sharp. I mean, they're not, they're not as fresh in that fourth quarter when they really need to be. And I don't see how the hell you can when you're on the field as long as you are. I mean, Chicolo playing inside. I mean, he is, he is not a defensive tackle. I, you know, I just cannot even comprehend that. But, but I just don't understand. I, mean, I, I guess you don't have an answer to it. So how he, how he experimented with Duke, well, that was like the first time in four years I saw an aggressive defense. And then we've gone back now to that Patsy defense. So who knows what the hell we're going to see uh, at Virginia Tech. Uh, How would you like to be Virginia Tech preparing for the game? They don't know what they're going to see either. Well, <laughs> you, know? you know, if I were preparing for the game, I would just uh, assume they're going to they're going to be in the soft defense because that's what he does. Well, and, uh, I got news for you. Yeah. Don't I, I'm not convinced that what happened in the Duke game and how successful they were wasn't in large part to the fact that Duke wasn't prepared for what they were doing. I have no idea. It's just very confusing to me because I thought that defense uh, was at the beginning of maybe a change on the part of Goldman. And I think that some of your fans uh, uh, also, some of the fans also thought that too. And then to go back, I think that's probably what's the most disheartening thing with this with this coaching staff. Uh, the inconsistency, the, in, the inability to make changes during the game. And uh, it just, uh, it's just, it's astounding. And, uh, and, and, I just uh, I, I I feel sorry for Golden, but on the other hand, he brought it on himself by not making the change on his defensive coordinator. He he put uh, he put everything is self-imposed. Uh, every problem, decisions. every problem they're having is self is is self-imposed punishment. That's correct. I totally agree with you. Yeah. Okay. Great. All right. That's it. I'll I'll listen. Hey, Thanks. great call. Thank you for being part of the show. Thank you. All right, 646-595-2048. The search for a happy Miami Hurricanes fan extends now to the 904, where you are now live on Team Sport Live. How are you doing this evening? Gear. Yes, sir. Who's this? Gear. It's Antoine from Jacksonville. I, I, didn't, I, didn't want, I didn't want to call you back, but I, ha- I had to when everybody was talking about these defensive coordinators. I'm not going to be long. I got two names. My number one defensive coordinator is Pat Narduzzi from Michigan State. My number okay. two defensive coordinator is Dave Aranda from Wisconsin. Yep, those are two if, very well thought of what, guys. What, whatever has to be done, they're realistic. We can get them, move heaven and earth, open up the pocketbook, take them $100 million, and pay them boys what they need to be paid to get out of Michigan and out of Wisconsin and get them to Miami. That's all I had to say. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, I think, you know, again, <laughs> we're getting into that, you know, category where people just assume that everyone's waiting to get a job offer from the University of Miami. Pat Narduzzi, um, Michigan State, 
Um, you know, without question, one of the high, most, more highly regarded defensive coordinators in college football. Uh, his base pay up there is about $900,000. Um, I do think that if Miami gets into the business of, of replacing Mark D'Onofrio, that that is the ballpark that they're going to be looking at having to step up to and, and increasing their salary structure. Um, but without question, you know, he is the type of guy you would want. Um, however, it, it clearly would take at least a million dollars a year to get him. Um, Dave Aranda uh, is a guy making a little less money. He's probably uh, in the same ballpark as Mark D'Onofrio right now, 500000 So you could hire a guy like that maybe for six or seven um, at this stage of his career. And, and, and maybe a guy like that who's at Wisconsin would welcome the challenge of going to a place they like Miami. They play aggressive, Gary. Yes, they do. They he's play a very, aggressive. He's a very well-thought-of young defensive coordinator, Dave Aranda. No, no arguments with either one of those suggestions. Um, just not sure that Narduzzi would be hireable. You know, just being honest. Hey man, keep yes, I said, man, I, those my guys. Like I said, Aranda is a hell of a D, D coordinator, man. He run a he run a three four, but they play it aggressive. And if if, if Al want to run a three four, if he been on running it, get them get him down here, let him plug them top Florida athletes in it, and let us rip shot. Put me on hold, man. Go cave, man. No argument, but I will say this. I, I don't think that you could be sitting here replacing Mark D'Onofrio when he's still on the staff. You know, that's not that's not the classy way to really do business, and uh, I caution everybody against that. It's great to throw these names out. Um, first, Al Golden has to decide what he's going to do about his staff, and then if he does decide to make a change, I think that would be the appropriate time to really start throwing these names out there. Uh, right now, it's all pipe dreams. All right, man. Hey, thank you for the call back. Um, I'll put you back on hold so you can listen to the rest of the show. Let's go out to the 702, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing this evening? Hey, Gary. Who's this? This is Anthony from Orlando. Hey, what's up, Anthony? How you doing tonight? Good, bud. How are you? I was hoping I'd get on. Uh, wow, I've got a lot of stuff to talk about this time around. But, All right, man. Uh, you, got, you, got start... the, you got the floor. Go for it. I kind of want to start with the defensive coordinator. Uh, people are talk, throwing out names. What defensive coordinators or coaches at UM that are still coaching that when we had an aggressive attacking like defense? Shiano is one that I can think of that's kind of out there. Yeah, there he's, not taking, he's not taking a defensive coordinator job. I mean, I'll he's, tell you a, a he's guy, not coaching I'll tell you right a guy now. That, that, that I would just keep in mind is Dave Wanstead. You know, he's at the end of his career. He's yeah. he's, he's probably not going to get another head coaching job. Um, he would be a guy that you could pick up the phone and call and, and, and might uh, embrace the challenge of, of, of coming and fixing the defensive issues at the U. You never know. The reason, the reason I was thinking of Shiano, because when you bring in a new coach and a new system, there's always going to be some ramp-up time. And, you know, coaches are – there's not going to be immediate success right away, even with their top guys, because you've got to train these kids on a different type of playing. You know, they've been used to playing for the last three years, you know, a catching-type defense. Now they're going to be asked to attack and do different things. So there's going to be some adjustment there, some adjustment time. Um, so I was thinking, you know, the other thing I wanted to throw out there is you got to remember, you still have Golden and his philosophy. No matter who you bring in, 
he's going to be, he's going to want someone that's going to, because he's going to be the doing the hiring. He's going to want someone that's, someone has the same philosophy as him. So this whole, like, everybody wanting an attacking style defense, Golden's not an attacking style. His mentality is not like that. He's more a conservative defensive guy. Let the yeah, offense but, make but, him mistakes. But, he, but he, what he's been doing has not been working. He's got to understand as a head coach that what they've been doing has not been working. It might be time to try something different. And then he's got to be willing to do it. And if he if he doesn't and isn't, then he's not going to succeed. I mean, I, I feel very and, – and, and I'm someone who's, who's talked him up as much as anybody from the first day he stepped foot on campus. But if he does not recognize that what they've been doing is not going to work and he does, doesn't become willing to make the changes he needs to make to fix it, He's not going to be successful as the head coach of Miami. It's, it's hard to see. You know, we've seen – I'm 40 years old. I've watched Miami football since I was a kid. I grew up in Miami. I used to ride my bike to the Orange Bowl and right where the palm trees were, it was a little crease. Me and my buddies used to climb up on each other's back to watch the game through this little crease in the Orange Bowl. But, I mean – the, the biggest thing, my, my biggest worry is that they bring somebody in and Golden kind of hampers them with his philosophy and his way of thinking, this passive, you know, being conservative. And I was watching the FSU game when they played against Notre Dame, and, you know, when they walked out, they touched the thing on, on, on the top of the door out into the stand. You know what they think? What their thing said, said attitude. Said attitude. Those kids were touching something said attitude. That's what Miami used to be. Mine used to be all attitude. Now we have some corny little thing up there called deserve victory. What is that? I mean, that's not my that's not Miami deserve victory. But it, I mean, it means play. I know. Play I know what it means. I mean, you got to practice. You got to do everything you can to deserve victory. I understand that, Gary. But that's just, hey, just no put, attitude. Everybody put something up there. That's that's as good as anything. Man, there's no attitude at Miami. It's man, it's, listen, it's, it's like I'm watching State Penn State down in Miami. I'm watching this slow, methodic football that's just it's just whack. It's just whack. I was watching the Virginia Tech 2005 game when uh, uh, Vic's brother was the quarterback, and it was uh, Coker's last year before they made the big change. Man, I watched that game. Man, I man, I watched that defense. It was showing a lot of the highlights. Uh, Kane, uh, some guy who puts together videos, put together a short glimpse of all the plays and stuff like the offense and defense. Man, we had that guy just bouncing around in in the pocket. No matter where he tried to run, no matter where he tried to go, there was someone in his face attacking. It was just helmets everywhere. UM helmets everywhere. Man, seeing that, it's like, wow, I haven't seen that in a while. I have not seen that in a while. Our guys are at the, the line of scrimmage playing patty cake. They can't get off a block. They're not attacking gaps. They're not doing nothing. They're just standing there receiving whatever the offense wants to get. And then our, our secondary sitting back seven, 12 yards back, just letting receivers catch the ball underneath and do whatever they want to do. I mean, it's just, it's just the, the, the defense is horrendous, horrendous. It's the worst defense I've ever seen. And the, stats, and the stats tell you it's the 22nd ranked defense in college football right now. And that, well, I don't know what stat that is. And I noticed these coaches, they're like Golden and Coach D, they're always picking out a stat that they can like hang their head on. 
I mean, are you watching these games? I mean, we, Put yourself in there. Put so yourself in there, too, okay? These guys are businessmen, and they want to keep their jobs as long as they can keep them. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. Like, just just yeah. like anybody else out there who's working and feeding their family, trying to get someplace in this world. You know, Al Golden making two, two, two and a half million dollars a year. Mark D'Onofrio is making five hundred thousand dollars a year. They don't want to lose these jobs, you know. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they're, they're going to do and say anything they can do and say to try to get you back on their side. Um, at the end of the day, the U brand is too big to fail, and and at some point, you have to make decisions that are going to allow the University of Miami football program to be competitive on the national stage. And right now, the defense, as everybody knows, I mean, we could, we could sit here, you know, we're doing a three-hour show, we could do an eight-hour show, and it's going to be call after call after call. Everybody's going to say the same thing. Um, there's nobody out there that feels the University of Miami is playing winning defense right now. They need to make the changes they need to make to give themselves a chance to change that in 2015. And that's the only way you're going to make progress. Yeah. I heard a bunch of callers talking about Mustang. That's a joke. That guy would, even if we hired that guy, he'd be gone like crystal ball. I mean, he'd be gone in a year. He, you yeah, know, he he has no loyalty to us. He doesn't well, care he's about money. Even get another head coaching job, no question about it. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't even even think about that guy. Number one, you know who I would think about is his secondary coach and his current defensive coordinator because they're going to be out of a job if he's out of a job. Too speculative. And, and they're running. And they're running the defense right now. Those, yeah, those I, two I are the best. But, but I'm telling you, you don't want to go the speculative route. If if this ends up transpiring and you're out there looking for a defense coordinator, you want somebody who's proven, been there, done that, and been successful for a sustained period of time. You, you don't have time. Wanna, to, listen, Gary, why would they want to come to Miami and, and well, coach under Golden? Because it's a great what place. If, what, if, what if things don't? I mean, I mean, what if things don't? change right away. I mean, the defensive coordinator we bring in, you have enough raw talent to work with. You've got DBs, you've got some young linebacker. I mean, you've got defensive ends. You've got some talent there to work with. You know, you're going to have to go out and you're going to have to have a good recruiting year this year. And you're going to have to bring in three or four guys that can have an impact next season. Maybe a couple Juco's or, you know, or, you know, see what you could find out there. But, there is a foundation in place. Make no mistake about that. All right, you got anything else for tonight? Yeah, 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 I do. I got one more thing. So what if Miami wins out here? Yeah. There's no way he's getting rid of his guy. Well, that's going to be his big test because even if they win out, I would be of the opinion they still need to make a change. They still I need to take up chemistry on that side of the football. Even if they win these last five games and upset upset um well the the only upset would really be Florida State and even if that happens I would still make the argument from the external point of view to change the chemistry on that side of the football Darn. Would well, they do it? Line, no, I, I I thought he should have done it last year. I thought he, he made should have but he had you were right about he had all that other stuff going on with Penn State and and all and he wanted to give his coaches a chance cuz of the cloud and all of this and that, but I mean, yeah, I, I, I why agreed with you. Yeah. I understand and, why he didn't right, do Gary. it, but I thought he needed to do it. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, keep me hey, on the line, Gary. I want, I want to, I want to keep listening. In. You got it, man. Hey, thank you so much for being part of the show. 
All right, we got 33 minutes left. Let's go now to the 850, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing this evening? Hey, Gary, what's up? Doing good. Who's this? Hey, you, I'm Chris. How you doing? Hey, what's up, Chris? Talk to us, man. Much, are you man. a Magic Kane fan? Ah, oh, man, I'm not as happy as I should be, but you know what? I'm not as down as most of these people are, to be honest with you. All right, well, you're the first lukewarm guy of the night, so talk to us. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the defense is what it is. You know, you know, they say you're twenty second in the league and, and that's great, but um, you know, the one good thing to say, you know, not on defense, I'm you know, we we talk about defense the entire night. I'm tired of hearing about it. We all know there needs to be a change, but the offense side of the ball, my main thing is, is Gus Edwards. You know, he's supposed to be this big back and this bruiser that we bring in and we have Duke Johnson who's a do it all back, you know, one between the tackles and outside. And then you bring in Yerby, who is more of a scat back, you know, kind of like Duke Johnson. And then we bring in Gus Edwards, and he tries to do the same exact things as those guys, but we don't bring him in to do those things, and he's still doing it. Uh, what do you think, you know, needs to happen with him? Are they telling him, hey, look, you're six foot one, 230 pounds. We need you to get that third and one, run straight into the line, get that first down, and then call to quits. You know, what's going on with that? Uh, that would be the role I would give him right now. I mean, you know, I, I think from an explosive standpoint, obviously Duke Johnson and Yearby are a little bit ahead of him in, in that regard. But, you know, Gus Edwards can be a very productive power back, and, and there's a place in ball games for that. They they haven't had a ton of third and ones this year. They really haven't. Um, but even in those situations, they haven't really been using Gus Edwards like that. You know, right now he's the number three running back, and, and that's how he's being utilized. And, uh I'm a little surprised he doesn't have a little bit bigger role this year. Um, I think that one fumble kind of hurt him a little bit. But, you know, to his credit, I thought he came back and in the Cincinnati game, he was running great. So I've been very impressed with everything I've seen of Gus Edwards going all the way back into training camp. Okay. Um, Do you think he is that power back that we need or he might, you know, be looked at as? Yeah, he he can fill that role. You know, he's learning to run lower. You know, that was a little weakness he had as a freshman. I think he's gotten better at that this year. I think he could continue to get better. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think he's plenty strong enough and can fill that role. Okay, okay. Um, another thing uh, on the offense side of the ball is Art Kehoe. You know, the Louisville game was, you know, a mess on all fronts. Um, but I think ever since then, you know, I don't know if it's him or his guys, but they pretty much stepped up. Even when Gabois and McDermott got hurt, you know, those guys – they got it together, and they're still performing at I think as a at a pretty good level. You know, we haven't faced no the talent about it, we're going to face against Virginia Tech or, or even FSU when we get to that point. But you know, I mean, everyone thinks about Arkeho. You know, he has five rings, but you know, he was unemployed when he, before he got to the U again, and you know, no one's really giving him credit. And I feel that this whole team or this whole fan base is you know obviously uh, you know focusing on a negative on the defense side of the ball because there's a lot of you know negative points, but. Let's give credit where credit's due and start focusing on the positive points. Like, Arkeho has done an awesome job, and he never gets mentioned. You know, you know, Eric Flowers is a potential first-round draft pick next year, you know, hopefully. And they just, you know, we need to start thinking about the positives instead of, you know, you as well. We're all getting tired of hearing this, Coach D's got to go. This guy's got to go. We, we were hearing the same things over and over and over again every single week, but let's start talking about one, the one good thing, which is probably the offensive side of the ball. 
I totally agree with you on on Art Kehoe. I I noticed that back in training camp, he just seemed like reinvigorated to me, and and was really coaching with a lot of enthusiasm and effort. And you're right, they stunk up the place at Louisville. I don't know why. Um, it's a little inexplicable, to be honest with you. But since then, he's had those guys playing really good football. Uh, he's coaching at an extremely high level. Has done a great job bringing young guys like Linder along and McDermott before he hurt his knee, and um, really doing a great job. No question about it. Nice, nice. And, and another thing, we were talking about the uh, Muschamp being a potential hire for the defensive coordinator, which I don't think is going to happen. But you know, you were saying, and some of the other cars were saying that you know you can't bring a guy who's negatively negatively recruiting against us for so long. But we got James Coley, who was FSU. Who is probably doing just as much or even more negative recruiting against us, and <laughs> then look point. who he brings in, you know, and he's doing an awesome job. And I'm just trying to stay positive as much as possible. Now, if we bomb against the Nintex, then I might call next week and we have a different story. But I mean, you know, much champ. I don't think he'd be a good fit anyway. Yeah, he's a great defensive coordinator, but as the last caller said, he's going to be gone in a year or two anyway. So, but James Coley has done a phenomenal job on recruiting. And doing everything he's been doing, even though he was at FSU a couple of years ago for I don't know how many years. Yeah, great point, an exceptional point. And you know, I I never heard of James Coley doing a ton of negative recruiting per se. Obviously, he probably did some. Um, James Coley just goes out and kicks butt in recruiting. He doesn't, you know, I'm not sure he has to do a ton of negative stuff. Uh, he's just a, he's just really good at it and, and does a phenomenal job when he's out there in the homes. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. All right, man, I'm going to let you go, and I just wanted to make those couple points, and uh, keep you on hold, please. All right, man, thank you for being part of the show. 646-595-2048. We work our way now to the 813, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing good, Gary. Doing good. Who's this? Uh, this is uh, Dre from Tampa. What's up, Dre? How you doing this evening? What do you What do you want to talk about? Uh, there's a couple of things um, I want to talk about. Um, one, I ain't gonna get with the defense right now, but um, like we was talking about the freshmen, okay? Now I know they got Linder there at guard, and they burnt his. You know, I think he should have been redshirted. He would have been perfect. Getting richer, again stronger. He got good technique. He's doing a great job. Arkeo is doing a great job coaching him at at the guard position. Um, but you tell me we don't have no sophomores or juniors. It just seems like they just moved him into the spot. Well, well they they obviously um, feel he's better than those guys. You know, I mean, I mean that's why they moved them ahead of them. They feel he's better. And you know what? I've been. I don't know how much you've listened this year. Or, you know seen what I've written and stuff, but I've been as big, I've uh, been on as big a soapbox as anybody could be on this subject of redshirting, and that I don't think that they redshirt players enough um, at Miami. Um, Linder is an exception, and because A, clearly they felt he's better than guys, some of those other guys like Gall and, and Wells and, and um, uh, Sonny Odagu and, 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 and a couple of those other guys. And the other big issue to me is that he's clearly a guy that's probably going to be your starting center next year. So 
exactly. you know, you give him game, you know, yeah, you're giving him game experience. He's doing a decent job. You feel like he's better than the guys that are a year longer, year on the team longer than than he's been um, from a, a, a classification standpoint. So I don't really have any problem with it. And the kid's doing a, a really good job. Yeah, I, I mean, he's doing a good job. I, I know there was really hyped about golf. I don't know if he was hurt or you know had some oh, injuries that. or something. But he's back. He's back now, but he he's average. He's not going to be a player. He's average. Well, I, it, it was something I was looking at today. Uh, you know, I I thought her me and my friend was talking about they may that on the the AC Coastal and the, the the Atlanta division they were talking about maybe switching certain um, some teams around to make it a more competitive more competitive division. You heard anything about that? Uh. That's been rumored, but, you know, I would caution them about that. I mean, these things are cyclical. You know, a few years ago, it was the opposite. You know, people were saying that that division was weak other than Florida State. And even Florida State had its down years a few years back at the end of the Bobby Bowden era. So, you know, those things are cyclical. Um, No argument that FSU and Clemson seem to have it going the most right now. Um, ACC. Um, right. And the, the Coastal is a little down right now because Miami and Virginia Tech aren't doing as well. But if Miami and Virginia Tech suddenly get their act together, now your two divisions are pretty comparable. So at the end of the day, you got to go through. You got to go, go through Charlotte to win the championship anyway. Um, I don't see any problem leaving it the way it is. Okay, but when you look at the divisions, do you know out of both divisions, Florida State and Duke have the best records? I know Duke. I know they've been playing a kind of a weak schedule. Yeah, yeah they're out of conference schedule. Terrible. Yeah. So, but they is North is Florida State. Them do have the best schedule in the ACC rec, going right now. Florida State best, and second best record. Well, they got the best record. I'm, you know, yeah. Florida State and Duke. But there's another thing I was going. There's one more I got for you. Um, I don't know if anybody say this. I mean, I just got in from work and I called in, but um, anybody say anything about Jim Levitt, uh, the linebacker coach? Yep. Yep. For, uh, uh, I'm just telling you, that, I mean, he's he's phenomenal. But, you know, I know everybody throwing these names out. Me, I just want to see what Golden go do at the end of the year. I mean, I, I'm just tired of hearing the excuses about, you know, our defense ranked this, or they ranked 24, they ranked I, – I don't, I don't want to hear no more about it. You know what I mean? Just just put it out there on the field. Don't talk about it. Put it out there on the field. Let us see some change. I mean, if they're more aggressive, they're more aggressive. But pretty much I, I don't think none that uh, Golden could do now. I mean, he's going to beat Florida State and, I mean, embarrass them. I mean, he's going to just beat Florida State and win the whole – Win the rest of his games and and and, and play in the AC C championship. Win that for us. To, I think the fans to turn around. If not, I think he's done. To be honest with you. I think I think our Golden's done in Miami. That's just my well, opinion. I yeah I, I I would not expect him to be replaced this year. I I think this is the year he gets the chance to fix any problems that he identifies. And I think everyone's hoping that he does identify them. 
Well, because everyone out, only- everyone out on this <laughs> side of the fence certainly has a pretty clear picture for what they think the problems are. All right, you got well, anything else tonight? Well, well just yeah, just keep me on hold. Let's keep me on hold. Let me listen to the rest of the show. You Thank got you. it. Thanks. Thanks for calling and being part of it. All right, six four six five nine five two zero four eight. We're in our final twenty one minutes. Let's go next to the three oh five. You're now live on Kane's Live. Hello, Gary. That's you. Hello, I'm, I'm I'm Earl. I'm, I'm Owen. My and fan from Miami. Um, I just got some quick points. Go ahead. What you about, got? Um, um, how about um, um, our defense got full of stars, like good defense, good athletes, whatever. I don't understand how Florida State and Florida defense compete way more than us. Like, it got to be something about our attitude, like what Akala said earlier. Like, we play without no attitude, no adjustment at halftime. I don't understand what they're doing, what's going on. Like, do they don't watch film or games or something? Well, I, I think they're doing a, a little better job recruiting, I mean, in fairness. I, I, and that's the coaching staff is doing a better job of recruiting. Um, and then, obviously, they've had some pretty good coordinators up there the last few years. And yeah, doing but we've been re- we've been recruiting almost the same way because we got Tracy Howard, Deion Bush. Like, Dallas Crop yeah. was a four-star coming in. Like, they're not playing nothing like that. Look at Jalen Ramsey and them boys in, in Tallahassee. They're doing way – they're playing way more aggressive. We're doing – making way more plays than Tracy Howard. Like, he, like, eight yards, like, getting – like I don't even know what he's doing sometimes. Like, well, that's not making that's plays for the way that we recruited. I mean, that's that's, you know – that's been the running argument, as you know. I mean, everybody's saying the same thing. You're exactly. not wrong. It makes no sense. It makes no sense because a lot of people be like, oh, like Florida State got more talent. It's not like that's not the case because they recruited as oh, many players on Miami defense well, no, no, got recruited no, by have, Florida and Florida State. They, they got talent. Have, they got wait time out. They do have more talent. Yeah, they, but we're not, we're not that far back as we look on tape. You might be right. It might not be as bad as people think, and you'll find out in a couple of weeks. I don't, you know, I certainly don't think the Florida State this year is as good as Florida State last year. I, I do think Miami can have success on offense against that defense, and I think that defensively they have enough defensive backs to match up and defend that offense. So yeah, I absolutely agree with you. I think they have a great chance against Florida State in a few weeks, but they got to go out and do it. Yeah, that's and, what I'm saying. I, and I, my other point is like, at halftime, I understand the first half when you're not ready for offense, but at halftime. As a coach, as a defensive coordinator or an offensive coordinator, you should be able to make adjustments to prevent something that's going on. Like, like I don't want to go way back, but in the Nebraska game, they beat us with, like, how many passes? Nine, ten passes? Like, why were safety still 10, 15 yards back? Like, I have to, you should it, find It might have been the worst adjustment. coordinated football game I've ever seen in 30-plus years of doing this. I, like, I, I can't explain that. I mean, you can't explain – the way they allowed Nebraska to just run the ball down their throat and never adjusted. The thing is, like, you know how Georgia said, you know their office. Nebraska, they got that one guy, Abdullah. You know he's going to get the ball 25 to 30 times. You you, you got to take away some of those plays, man. Like, bring the safeties up something. Like, well, Pat, I don't get it. Pat Narduzzi played them the next week and held them to 50 yards of rushing. Exactly. Like, you, you cannot, like, a running deep offense, you got to take away the running. If we give up big plays, so be it, but, like, we got to, like, the way I see it is, like, sometimes you lose games, but let's compete. We losing games are not even competing. Let's compete. If they beat us because they're better than us, I could live with that as a fan. But we losing, and we not even competing. I'm like, we like, I don't know what's going on. 
It's so hard to watch. Like some weeks I go in and be like, uh, some weeks I watch the game. I'm like, I'll be like, I don't even think we're gonna beat this team because of defense. I, I I never used to be like that. I used to be like every week I used to be like Miami gonna win. We got a chance, you know. I got hope. Now it's like, let's see what happens now with the defense. Let's see if they stop somebody. I just don't get it. Alrighty, you got anything else for us tonight? No, that'll be it. All right, man. Hey, thank you so much for being part of the show. Give us a call All again right. next week. All right. All right, let's go out now to the 850, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Are you with us? Going once, going twice. All right, let's go to, and i got to start making sure we don't bring anybody on twice here. Let's go to the 813. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. <clears throat> hey, what's up, Gary? Doing good. You got your voice Hello? cleared there? Yeah, you got yeah your sorry voice about cleared? that. My name is... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, my name is Nick. Uh, up here up, in Tampa. So, Gary, I got two things I, I just need to go on with you. You know, you being an insider and all, I, I need some help because I'm losing faith here. First thing I want to know: how we got here, how it's come to this, and then how how we're going to get out of it, to, so I can have a little hope when I watch these games on Saturday. First off, okay, I would have never have thought, Gary, 12 years ago when Terry, when that bum Terry Porter robbed us of our back-to-back national title, whatever, it happened, I would have never have thought that would have been the last time in the next 12 years we competed for a national title. It, uh, my mind is boggled by it, that it actually has happened. Yeah. So then it's I hear... Been a chain, you know, I read it's been on a these, chain reaction of events, just one one leading to the next, and it just kept getting worse and worse, you know? I mean, it, yeah. it, start, it started with that, you know, then you had a couple nine-win seasons after that, and then... Uh, Pete Garcia, who who had been Butch Davis's uh, director of football operations, came back into the program. Um, I think he had personal aspirations of being the athletic director at Miami, um, and was looking to throw throw his his you know two cents around a little bit. You fired. Mm-hmm. He, he he was a big part of convincing um, Paul D to force Larry Coker to fire four coaches. Um, they four did good that. Coaches, Gary. For good coaches, yeah, you know, and I know they got blown out by LSU in that game, but you know what? That was a Saban, uh, even though Saban wasn't there, that was a hell of an LSU team right there. That team could have won a national title that year. They were that good. And, you and know? they had a bad night. They just had a bad night. You know, it they had happened. A bad night. And, and everybody panicked, and um, they, they fired four coaches, and the program hasn't been the same since. You know, um, they fired Larry Coker, brought in Randy Shannon, who probably um, was not ready to be a head coach. Um, you know, clearly made a lot of mistakes along the way. Um, And they've just been fighting it ever since and have never been able to get it back. And so my question for you, you know, Gary, for example, everyone always says, you know, oh, you know, I read on the boards, God, it's Donna's fault. Oh, it's, you know, Blake James's fault. And I'm not, I I don't know enough to be a fan or a critic really either to those, but I do know this much. Tad Foote was a nightmare. There's no way you can tell me that uh, Donna is worse than Tad Foot. So I Donna has If Donna, if you want to blame Donna, it would be for 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 giving Randy Shannon the head coaching job. And and okay. she, at the time, you know, she had a guy there who had given his whole life to the university. He was a minority candidate. He was the underdog. She wanted to give him a chance. Okay, and and I don't think that was her call. That. It was her call. No, I, I understand that. For that, it, it didn't work out. Um, it ended up 
you know, not being the right move. But I don't think you could sit here and say, oh, Donna Shalala ruined Miami football because she hired Randy Shannon. No, I don't. I, I, and I agree with I you there. That's, that's why I always have a little bit of that thinking of, like, why is everyone always blaming Donna? But I now, didn't know, going back to the Pete thing, Gary, I always I thought Paul D. was a strong athletic director. I mean, you know, he, he, he hired Butch, you know. and that He was, built, but he Butch was built. emotional. He was emotional yeah. and he wanted to win. And he became convinced that they needed to make all those co- coaching changes. Um, you know, just like people now are trying to convince Al Golden to make coaching changes. Yeah. Um, but, 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 you but know, you and, Pete, Gary, that Pete was the main one in the year of Paul during that time that was saying, all right, you know, you got to get rid of our yeah. offensive coordinator. You got to get rid of Solding or Kehoe. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, Kyle Wright had a hell of a season back in 05. A lot of people don't remember that, but that kid went through how many offensive coordinators? Imagine if he, I think Werner, wasn't Werner our offensive coordinator at that yeah. time, Gary? If Werner would have stuck around, what maybe could have Kyle Wright have been? I don't know, but it's it's fair to think about it. Hard to say, but you're right. He did go through way too many coordinators, and um, you know they just haven't been able to put the right combination together to to get it back. And you know, I, I think you know people ask, can it get back? I would say it absolutely can get back. I mean, I see a lot of progress made in, in, in terms of the quality of athletes that they're able to recruit right now, if they can hold on to mm-hmm. them, they've got a quarterback for the next few years. They've got another couple quarterbacks committed to come into the pipeline and keep yeah, it going. Jake Allison's a stud. Yeah. They just got to keep yeah. them and keep, keep it going. And, and, and that's how you build your program back. Um, but you know, you got to get, the right combination on the coaching staff. That's the key to everything. And and that's what they haven't had since the day that they put all those guys out of work and um, probably overreacted a little bit. And they've been fighting Definitely it ever since. Yep. So that leads into my second question, Gary, and then I'll let you go. Um, as far as getting back, you know, as far as getting back and, you know, for me as a Canes fan, lifelong, having a little hope going into Saturdays or having hope about our future Everyone, and don't get me wrong, you know, Sheem is one thing. And, you know, I, would I rather West run a 4-3 attacking Sheem, 11 hats the ball? Absolutely. But growing up in high school, middle school ball, I played a, a 3-4. And if you play a 3-4 attacking Sheem, you know, man press coverage on the outside, uh, inside linebackers scraping and filling and making plays, and your outside linebackers keeping contained, it can be a good defense. But what I see with our 3-4 is we're playing like almost a 3-4 prevent soft zone. And I think it negates any aggressiveness you can have from your two inside backers when they're pretty much fighting. They're not able to fill and scrape all day long. So my question is this, Gary. I don't think Mark D'Onofrio is the guy. I've supported him. I even supported him at the bowl game against Louisville. I said, okay, you know what, let's let this, let this, three, four, soak in another year, I've now lost all Harp and Mark. And I know a lot of people say, well, it's Golden's defense, so getting rid of Mark won't matter. But to me, I have to think that Golden, being a smart man that he is, he can't be a dummy. He has to see that maybe it's time for a change on defense. Maybe it's time – I, I always was told that's what good head coaches do. They no, see a weakness, no doubt about and they bring in a guy who's maybe smarter than them to fix that. Yeah. Do you believe, I don't Gary, know. that did, Mark did you read will be the gone column I wrote on Monday? Did you read the column I wrote on Monday? The one where Al made a mistake? 
Yeah, and, and like, I uh, and I in, in that column I outlined the moves that every coach that had been successful at Miami made, and every one of them faced a point in, in, in the middle of their tenure where they had to make a decision and bring in a better coach it's in certain spots. And every yeah. one of them did it. There's no shame so, in then, it. it, it no, there's nobody no shame gets their staff right coming out of the gate. Nobody does. You always have no to make adjustments. You know, even the yeah, best at, I mean, the, even even the best Saban. in the Saban game made changes. Adjustments. Huh? Even yeah, like you said, Nick Saban has made changes to his staff. Oh you yeah, know what I mean and that's that's the best he, he, he in the hires, game. He hires Jeff Stoutland, the coach's offensive line. He starts to see a decline. They're not recruiting enough players. He gets Jeff Stoutland a job with the Philadelphia Eagles, and he, he comes into Miami and steals Mario Cristobal. Exactly. Every coach, I don't care how successful you are in this game, every coach has to make changes along the way and adjustments, and there's no shame in it. And Al Golden shouldn't and feel know, any shame either that he didn't get his coaching staff right coming out of the gate at Miami. Yeah, and so you know what, to piggyback on what you said, Gary, I think the sign of a good coach is to swallow your ego and make those changes. Those are no the good coaches. About no question about it. And so I think right now everybody's Gary, screaming. Oh, everybody is screaming at Al Golden to 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 make some moves. And you know, unlike the moves that were made when Larry Coker was the head coach, in this case, mm-hmm. I think you can make very sound arguments that there are changes that need to be made. And it'll be interesting yeah. to see what happens. Exactly. And you know, just one last thing, uh, Gary. <clears throat> so you being an insider and you know more than <clears throat> the average Joe like me knows. Do you believe that that change will be made? And if you and if you do, do you have any ideas of, you know, people you're already hearing that could possibly be in line for something like that? Or nope. has it not even gone that far yet? Definitely has not gone that far. And no, I, I have no idea what he's going to do. Uh, the, the only thing I could say and feel 100% unequivocally be unequivocally certain about it is that it's the last thing he wants to do. Okay, that I feel and, certain. Shit, and that is a case that scares me, Gary. That scares me because I'm afraid that he's not going to do it. Well, he might, you he know? may or may not. I think, I think one thing you have to see how the rest of the season plays out. You still have five games left, plus you know, obviously you're hoping a bowl game, so you still have six yeah. games left. I think you just have to see how it plays out. I don't think anybody knows. So let's you know see what happens Thursday night. Right on. That's, well, you know, hey, Gary, thanks for your time. Anytime, man. Hey, uh, great call. Hope you call us again next week. All right. Bye, Gary. All right. Let's go um, back out to the 850. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing this evening? All right. Let's try the um, the 904. And we're now live on Kane Sport Live. Are you with us? He's in the phone my in my house. He's in. All right, guys, you got to stay awake. We're running out of time here. Let's try the 770. You are now live on Kane Sport Live. All righty. Back to the 813. There you are. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Where's everybody? <laughs> Did we lose the audience? <laughs> Let's go to the 407. You're on Kane Sport Live. Are you there? <laughs> so somebody somebody thinks it's Halloween. Uh let's try the eight five oh once again. You are now live on Kane Sport Live. 
<laughs> All right, this is like this is obviously a prank. All right, um, let's go to the nine seven one. You are live on Kane Sport Live. Pull issue here. Um, I'm gonna try the um, the nine zero four. We're now live on Kane Sport Live. Oh no, three zero five. Are you this? All right, now let's try the 904. You are now live on Kane Sport Live. Is anybody out there? Hello? Yes, sir, that's you. You're on the air. Oh, I was trying to get on, but I I, I got some questions, too. Uh, All right, go ahead. Who's this? Oh, uh, Stephon. Man, that was, that was really thought, weird stuff. We went through about six straight calls there where nobody was on the line. Yeah, I thought, I thought somebody was playing tricks on us. You know, playing chicken treats. Like you said, <laughs> um, I had a question. I, I totally agree with you about the recruiting and, and redshirting the players. I, I think that's the biggest mistake he's making. If he could just do start doing that and, and play less players, and you know, he, he'll be he'll be all right. But well, you know, you know, Stephon, I've been saying that for a long time, and and you know, the one thing that I could say about that is that it's really hard to prepare 20 something kids for a, a football game against a good team. You know, it just is. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's too many guys. I mean, those of you out there who know football, I mean, if you're at the upper levels of the game and you're preparing for a big ball game, you got to sit in the film room. You got to look at individual idiosyncrasies where guys maybe tip off front plays or pass plays or have breakdowns in their technique and, things that you can exploit and you've got to work with your starters and and and, and on an individual basis and show them these things and um you got to make sure everyone's on top of the game plan and you're already playing with a, a complicated defensive scheme you got to make sure that everybody knows their assignments and what they're supposed to do and that might sometimes require some individual tutoring and things like that i don't see how you get 20 something guys ready to play yeah exactly and like i said you, you got to get Play maybe fifteen on offense, maybe eighteen on defense, and just go with it. And see, I think what the problem is when he recruits these kids, he's promising they're gonna play, and he's not red shirt. So he don't want to, he don't want to go back, on, you know, renege on his word. So he don't red shirt them. He, he playing everybody, and we don't, you know, fight for example for the running back position. We got that kid from uh, Miami Carroll City, the quarterback. He played a running back now, number 32. I can't remember his name right now. But he should be a red shirt because, you know, we don't need him right this year. We got three good running backs already, you know. And I want to yep. go back the first year he he came in. He wasn't running that 3-4 that first year. He was running a 4-3. Well, we had um, Eddie Johnson playing linebacker, that, that kid that got kicked off the team. Yep. He was actually playing a 4-3 then. And I yeah. wonder why, you know, what's the what's the change from then and now when, you know, I you know, I, I don't understand but you know but I, I, I really do hope he's to see and make the changes on defense. He's gonna be fine. He's not a bad coach. He just got like you said, he just gotta make the proper t- adjustments and he, he, he will go sky high. Yep. You know, you know, all right, man, hey, thank you. Thank you for being part oh, okay. of the show tonight. I'm glad we were able to get okay. to you. All right, okay. man. We'll, uh, give, give, give us a call next week. Well, I want to thank um, I want to thank everybody for calling in tonight. Um, great show. A lot of 
a lot of unhappy Canes fans out there. And uh, the beauty of it is you got a football game in two nights. It's it's a big one. Trip to Blacksburg, playing Virginia Tech. And um, I got a feeling that come 8 o'clock Thursday night that the Canes Nation will, um, those that are in Blacksburg, you know, will certainly be enthused. And those of you that are sitting home um, will be back hoping to see the Miami Hurricanes play really well and, and put on a good performance for you. And, um, you know, maybe next Tuesday night when we get together again, you'll have the opportunity to come back and feel a little bit better about your team. Um, so once again, thank you everybody for being part of the show and we'll see you next week. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.